This is it, people! Time to win this war! I'm going to summon the Leviathan and swamp all of the enemy in one rush. Just give me a few minutes. I have to stand here and mutter about 50 conjurations for this to work. Don't worry, I'll protect you by breaking the enemy's weapons. Just gotta get over there and... Ow! The archer's bitten cushion me! Ow, ow, ow! You goofball, didn't you learn how to make arrows miss every time? Now I just bop all those pesky archers on the head and... Along comes a thief to steal my things. It wasn't enough to take my clothes, you had to take my experience too? How can I ever get a job again? I can't get your experience back, but I can make sure the thief who took it doesn't live to use it. With my super ninja death blow. Oh no you don't, criminal scum! Those who cannot pay attention to the rules will pay the price! I am law! Don't worry, my lovely ninja friend. I'll save you from that dreadful judge with my power of teleportation. Uh-oh, no, he got me. No one can fight! Law! I am finally ready to summon Leviathan! And I can't do anything to this guy even though it killed 15,000 people in Indonesia. Does he have gills? I've got no choice but to try the forbidden art of Chuck Norris! Even his powers are not enough to stop me, and you've made me mad with all this! I'm not just incarcerating anymore, it's execution time! Chuck Norris failed? Who is stronger than Chuck Norris? I think I remember one warrior who was stronger, and he's here! Even Sid turned to the dark side and was no match for Bruce Lee. Strap on your swords, ready your spells. You're about to enter the heart of a dungeon filled with computer and console RPGs from way back when, right up through yesteryear. To get you through this maze that's dripping with danger, we've gathered the best men and women from RP Gamer to watch your back. Some of you have never entered this area before. You're in for quite a fight. For others, this return visit can only be described as an RPG backtrack. And here are the party leaders for this expedition, Phil Willis and Mike Minky. And welcome to the last RP backtrack of 2011. This is RPG backtrack number 61, Tactical Genius. And I've got five geniuses with me tonight to help talk about Final Fantasy Tactics. I am your ever-so-charismatic and humble host, Phil Willis, and my right-hand partner is Mr. Mike Mickey. How are you doing this evening? A naked American just took my balloons. Alrighty. And following up behind him, the ever-so-boastful Mr. Scott Wachmanter. I used to be a podcaster until I took an arrow in the knee. Mm. And hiding and lurking in the shadows, Miss Becky Cunning Turkey. I'm a pirate, not a ninja. Get it right. <laughs> I'm a Viking. <laughs> oh. And hiding behind all the Vikings is none other than Mr. Michael Lapps. No iPhone jokes this week? Oh, how could really? I forget? 
waiting to be deleted off of my no, iPod. Remember, no. Mr. Michael Apps. Uh, there it is. Uh, you're the one who asked for this. Yeah, that's true. And the next one waiting in line to be toasted over an open fire, Miss Sam Marshmallow. Do you want to hear how I accidentally got lesbian married in Skyrim? Oh, for the love of Pete. <laughs> this is not the Skyrim cast. I know, but I'm also a werewolf. Oh, for the love of Pete. <laughs> Alright, this is not the this is not the Skyrim podcast, and it's not your teenage fantasy novel cast either, Marshmallow. Okay, you will get exactly 120 seconds at the end of the show to wrap up all these profane thoughts into one coherent but very quick story. But it was an accident! Mm -hmm. Sure it was, that's what they all say. No, this one really was! Miss <sighs> Marshmallow, how many times do I have to tell you that lesbian werewolfism is not an accident? That's like saying I accidentally got pregnant. Doesn't happen. <laughs> All right. I'm just gonna go cry in the corner. <laughs> hmm. And while you're there, crying in the corner, we're gonna let our audience listen to these wonderful tunes so that we can dive into our massive discussion this evening. We'll be right back. does not need an introduction, but I will give it one anyways. We're talking about Final Fantasy Tactics, developed by Square, published by Sony Computer Entertainment here in North America. This is a tactical RPG single-player experience for your PlayStation console. It is also available through the PlayStation Network for your PSP or PS3, or however you'd like to play that. Um, and maybe one day coming soon to our iOS devices. Who knows? This it's was, already there. It is out. It is out. Okay. Can, can never keep up with these things. This was released here in North okay. America. Somebody needs to go and update Wiki. Oh, Michael. <laughs> this was released in North America on January 28th, 1998, and on the PlayStation Network, September 17, 2009. This is rated E, or T, no, T, T for terrific, terrible, translation, terrific gameplay. All right. So, who would like to start off the discussion by talking about the ever-so-deep storyline that was wonderfully translated? This is the way! I've got a good feeling! I'm looking for just a little more than that. Sam, you probably know it pretty well. It's about this boy named Ramza, and he has brothers who are kind of evil, but he doesn't know it. So he decides he wants to become a knight at the Knights Academy, and then I can't keep that ass that voice up. Um, so it's the story of Ramza. He's a knight in training, 
And the game actually starts at the beginning of when he encounters his best friend betraying him. Oh, no. So there's this whole political mumbo-jumbo intrigue plot that, to be honest, the translation doesn't do a good enough job of keeping together. And Ramza pretty much is forced to kind of untangle this whole mess of political crapola. And the church is evil. And the church is evil. So by doing this, he finds out that there's some Zodiac stones that have the power to create demons. And so Ramza is like, I must go to kill the demons and retrieve the stones so he could destroy them. And save his sister. And save his wonderful sister, Alma, who's really cute and really nice. And she really, really does get abused a lot in the story. Also, Delete is a jerk face and the worst best friend you could possibly have ever. But he took over pretty good description. Did I do pretty good considering, you know, mental blockage? <laughs> yeah. I can't say half the characters' names anyways, um, especially Ramza's brothers. Their names are really special. Zalbag. It's all about Zalbag. And um, the other one whose name is ridiculous, and I don't know how the hell they got that in the first place. Because Ramza is such a great name to start with. At least I can say his name. <laughs> it's a start. <laughs> Oh no, you see, all the vowels are silent. Ooh. But yeah, for me, Final Fantasy Tactics is actually my favorite Final Fantasy game. I actually openly admitted that before on a previous podcast where I got into a lot of trouble for saying that I didn't have a numerical favorite. I love this game mostly because of the story, even if the localization is somewhat incomprehensible to most. Um, there's a lot of really good ideas, and in fact, the whole political plot is really just what makes the story interesting. The Zodiac Stone stuff I, is give or take for me, but I always really just liked watching how uh, Ivalence just is sort of falling apart, and Rams is sort of just trying to put it all together. Why is it falling apart? Why is the church so evil? What's the big conflict, and of course, the big thing is why is why did Delita betray him? So, it's got a really strong characterization for a tactical game, which is not really common if you think about it. I never did figure out why Delita betrayed him because the translation got really bad at the end. <laughs> yeah, I have the better translation on PSP, but I got stuck, so I have to restart it now. It's to be honest, it's not entirely clear in. The original translation, why Delita decides to betray him, other than, you know, he seems to think that it's his job to kind of put a stop to the Zodiac Stones. And that's the basic idea, I guess, of why he betrays him, but he never makes it fully clear to Ramza what his actual plans are. I don't remember Delita ever mentioning the Zodiac Stones, but... He doesn't, but he talks about the whole uh, working with that group of people. So it's easy to draw that kind of a conclusion. I'm not saying that that's exactly right, but what I'm saying is he worked with that group of people, never talking about wanting the stones, but wanting to deal with a certain person who is dealing in the stones. Because and, if I'm not, I just had a thought, and I don't remember what it was. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, see, I always good one too. One thing I, I've always tried to figure out in the story is what Delita's deal was with um, what's his Ophelia? face? There? Is it Valmar or whatever? What's his name there? The guy you fight at the end. It starts oh, with a B. I, I think it is Valmar. But yeah. I'm trying to remember, but he has, like, they have some sort of connection that the translation doesn't make clear. 
And I don't know if it's Alito was supposed to be some kind of double agent or like, I don't know what their deal was. I think he was at least a triple agent because he betrays several factions at one point or another. Yeah. All in his scheme to become king. And he did become king at the end there. Pretty nasty king. He became yes, king. He Once, it's good to be the king. Well, I thought it's the whole... for him. It's kind of a <laughs> Japanese Macbeth. Yeah, that's probably that's a better that, way yeah, of looking at it. The only problem is... No, no, Japanese Macbeth had Toshiro Mifune and it was much better. <laughs> my, my issue with making Toshiro the Macbeth... Toshiro Mifune makes anything good. <laughs> so the only issue I have with the Macbeth comparison is who he marries. Because she's nothing like Lady Macbeth. She doesn't have an evil bone in her body. Ovelia. So I like the idea of him, of Delita being Macbeth. I'm not entirely sure how 100% it works because of who he marries. But I'll work with it. I, I mean, did say I, it was sort of a Japanese Macbeth. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't thinking too deeply. <laughs> Clearly, as somebody who's forced to teach Macbeth on a regular basis, I'm going to always be a little bit more, huh? What? I mean, I. I felt bad for Olivia. Um, is it Ovelia? Is that how you say her name? I felt bad Ophelia? for most of the women in the game. Agrius in particular gets it really bad. I mean, yeah, and once she joins Ramza, she never says anything the rest of the game, at least not that I heard. No, well, that's just it. All the special story characters say diddly squat once they permanently oh, join oh. you. Again, I don't know why they didn't bother to give them more commentary, considering the war equally affects them as much as it affects Ramza, but, but well, looking... Sorry, go ahead. I think there's a very simple reason here. It's like the Fire Emblem games or any other tactical game where people can die. If you write lines for people who can die, then you need to have all the alternate possibilities mapped out in advance to account for the fact that some of them might be dead when the player gets to that point. But if you only have Ramza talk and he can't die because then the game's over then you've just simplified your life a lot. It makes sense, but it's still pretty lame. I didn't say it wasn't lame. I just said, there's your explanation. Lame. <laughs> but yeah, all, a lot of the characters in the story, they really do get some short ends of the stick. Um, I mean, you look at uh, Agrius, uh, Mustadio, like a lot of them, you know, they have they come from a very humble beginnings in some ways, and then they just are treated so badly by the people that they're asked to serve and protect. Like, well, I know Mustadio is not that case because he's a little mechanic boy who's all like, I'm a mechanic and really cute. Um, but yeah, you, you feel bad for a lot of the characters because they're so affected by the war that's going on. And they don't feel like a lot of them have a say in how to fix things. So there, there's good political intrigue at work. Yeah, and that war, for the most part, is taking place not with your having anything directly to do with it. Two gigantic factions are combating for control of the continent, mostly off-screen. You just hear about it in rumors and whatnot. Well, and even just send people to kill you. <laughs> yeah. Well, but that's not, the, that's not the big war. Those are little actions on the side. Oh, uh, yeah. And I should mention that I did not pay attention to the rumor mill after the very first time I tried it and saw about 20 typos in three paragraphs worth of text. So I said, no, I cannot deal with this. I'm sorry, Square, you suck. And then I looked at the credits and saw, what were there, nine people on the translation detail at Square Soft North America? All of them did a terrible job, and I hope they never got work again. <laughs> That's harsh. That's pretty it's harsh. Sir, you, you, 
Well, you never know what kind of conditions they were put under. They might have been like, here, translate the entire rumor mill in one day. Never know. I'm a harsh taskmaster. I guess so. Well, now that I've killed everything nicely. (laughs) Single-handedly, Minky has killed the podcast. Uh, I should mention that because I... unlocked. (laughs) Now all I have to do is patent it and send it out to everybody for their own use. I should mention that because I comparatively rushed through the game, I only took 60 hours to finish it, I did not get any of the optional characters. I did not get Beowulf, I did not get Reyes, Race, whatever her name is pronounced as. I did not get Worker 7 or Worker 8 or whatever his name is. Any of those people. I did not get them. What are they like? You didn't get Cloud? Why would I want Cloud? I didn't yeah, love his game. Good point. I think Cloud we got Cloud. Was, Cloud just up one. Why do I want to deal with that? <laughs> just, you could do it just to watch him die. The thing is, I'm not quite sure I needed any more characters. By the time I was done, I had characters coming down my armpits. Yeah. Yes. Well, I will mention this real fast. Once you get a chocobo, I don't know if it only happens with one, but I had two chocobos. So I wandered around for a little while. Suddenly, I had five chocobos. I had to start kicking them out. And then I wandered around some more. Oh, I have five chocobos again. These things breed faster than rats or or any other kind of vermin. Why is the world not covered in chocobos? I don't get it. But the world is covered There's in chocobos. There's a certain kernel who uh, makes sure that they all get a little uh, treatment with 11 special herbs and seasonings and a nice hot bath and oil. <laughs> It does bring the logical question of why don't I see a KFC on Ivalis if the colonel is doing such handy business all over? Why are these people not taking advantage of the seemingly endless proliferation of fauna that they can eat? For the same reason we don't see anybody poop in video games. But make poop jokes. Also, clearly all the armies are eating the chocobos if they're going to keep up this ridiculously huge fight you never see. Poor chocobos. You make it sound like they're a commodity. They Don't are a commodity. <laughs> I said a commodity, <laughs> but no. Don't tell me, poor chocobos. I'm sick of those stupid birds running off and healing themselves and making me hit them over and over and getting them near death, and then they heal themselves again. So I have to go over and work even harder to kill the stupid things. Oh, and the red ones. I hate the red ones. Because you got meteored in the head, isn't it? Who likes being meteored in the head? Tell me that. Sid always survived being meteor in the head for me. I don't know about you. Yeah, well, it didn't hit Sid. It hit Ramza. Ram- well, nobody likes Ramza, so what else is new? <laughs> I'm joking. I love Ramza, but I'm just saying. Clearly the Chocobo didn't. You know, we've mentioned Sid. Sam, give him a proper intro. Sid the Game Breaker in some points. <laughs> He's Sid the Game Breaker. He breaks the game. He gets all the skills. He's called the Thunder God for a reason, yo. Except in that fight near the end with Balk or whatever his freaking face is, the guy with the gun across the chasm with his stupid Tiamat and Hydra friends. Oh yeah, him. Sid got killed by the Hydra there. Wow, that's kind of depressing. Why would you let Sid die? Uh, because I couldn't get anyone else over there quickly enough, and then Meliduel promptly got killed too. I lost that battle, I had to retry it. That's depressing. I cry. Did, we lost a lot of battles and had to retry it. <laughs> My husband and I played this together. 
some years back. So that was lots of fun arguing over which classes to put together, and then we'd take turns fighting. So if somebody failed, then the other one would try. That's a good way of playing it. I don't think Scott and I could do that, though, without trying to murder each other. We were newlyweds. It was a glorious and innocent time. <laughs> it makes perfect sense. <laughs> Before we get to the fight that everyone remembers, uh, did anyone else have serious problems with the fake execution where Gaff Garion ambushes you? I always... Have, the first few times I played it... Actually, sorry, the first time, rather... I had to do that battle at least three or four times, and that was just because if Gafgarion didn't get me, guaranteed it was one of his little mage bitches in the background that did. Oh, that battle. That battle. Oh, no. Because even though I would plan my strategy, at least as well as I thought, you know, I'd go after those stupid time mages to make sure that they wouldn't get to cast their magic, because pretty much if they cast their magic, they were already going to give such a heavy advantage that... It would be not fun times, so I played the Chase the Time Mage game first before I went after anybody else. But Gafgarion's pretty damn cheap in that battle, so I know I remember I yes. had to do it a few times. Mostly because he just yeah, chases Ramsa. <laughs> <laughs> that one on, on the PSP version, I remember having a great deal of difficulty with it. And, and is it a summoner he also has along there, along with the Time Mages? It's got uh, black mages too. I black think. mages. Okay. Was the yeah, I just I remember uh, I couldn't move quite fast enough to get everyone out of the casting range of some black mage super spell, and it hit me hard. Which spell? Uh, well, at that point in the game, it's only something like bolt two, but it hit hard. Yeah. Yeah, the problem is, especially if the black mage gets you at the same time as Gafgarian uses one of his AOEs, you're pretty much toast. Yep. Poor little Ramza and his cheer-up-and-yell abilities just can't quite compete. <laughs> I think the worst aspect of that battle is just the fact that Gafgarion purposely chases Ramza. <laughs> so wherever Ramza goes, that's where he goes. So that battle is such a bitch because pretty much, I remember, I had to make meat shields. <laughs> I was like, everybody go in front of Ramza because he's probably going to die. And, I, I mean... I actually I've... accepted the take where I had a ninja stole Gafgarian's weapon, which helped out a lot, but the the ninja died, and Aww. I couldn't finish the battle fast enough to save him from becoming a corpse, but I took uh -huh. that take. See, I accepted the ninja's death. I found a strategy for me that worked, especially through a lot of Chapter 2, was what I did, is I would get Ramza to be a knight, but I would train him with ninja skills. So what I would do is put the two-sword ability on him so he could have two knight swords, plus the knight armor boost, plus the maintenance skill, and then plus auto potion. Oh my god, Ramza never died. It was like my go-to win strategy for him. And it worked so well through all of Chapter 2, and then when Chapter 3 hit, it was like, okay, yeah, that, that doesn't work anymore, as well <laughs> as I'd hoped. <laughs> but stupid Vygraf. Hate him. Yes. Well, one of the most fun parts of this game is breaking it. Oh, yes. Because there were yeah, so many ways to I, do it. It's a good thing I looked around for the Vigraph fight and got myself a chameleon robe for Ramza, because I tried it first without, and uh, his his lightning stab, I think, killed me in not quite two shots, but enough. Well, I always hated the way that particular battle started because of the fact that 
you were almost it, it depended on how the turn order started that would kind of determine the flow of the battle so I found like one of the skills I would sometimes put on Ramza also was the counter skill because I didn't really often have him using things like lightning stab whenever I played he usually used like the um the one where the the giant sword pops up and then just explodes that was his favorite that he liked to use on me and I found that never was enough to kill me it gave me the odd death sentence once in a while, but, I mean, most of the time he would use that, and then Ramza would just hit counter. So he was already taking double damage with the two swords. So I always got lucky enough that I could usually kill him on my first, like, on his first turn, usually. But it all depended, again, on, on how the turn order went for that one. And how'd you handle Velius then? Um, did, you know what? After the first time I played the game, Velius got easier and easier. Just because I would have a, like I said... I put a set strategy in motion. I always got lucky with Agrius because Agrius' second ability that she would usually get for me was Lightning Stab. So when, when you recruit her, right, you get Stasis Sword and you'd usually get one more extra ability and it was kind of at random which one you got. And I always got Lightning Stab, which was like the second last one you could get. So I was always fortunate enough that because it, it takes a nice chunk of the radius that I would just set her up so that way she'd go after Velius and pretty much kill him on her own. So it, it would always work out pretty well. And like I said, having characters with two swords always helps. Because <laughs> two swords hit better than one. <laughs> I used uh, both hands instead of two swords, and then I used the super cheap strategy of just yelling Ramza all over the place until he had six turns for Vgraph's one, killed him, then... Had him kill Velius before Velius ever got to move. It took a while, but I won. Well, that's just it. I mean, everybody, I think, had their own strategy for how they they did it. I mean, that bottle could either be your worst nightmare or it can be it can be really easy. That's the thing about the difficulty in this game. It's a bit all over the place. Um, and it's not to say like it's entirely a bad thing. I had battles that were really super easy for me, but I knew for other people... It was really hard, and vice versa. Like, the Rafa battle, when we have to keep her alive, was one I knew a lot of my friends had trouble with. But I never had any problems with that one. Ramza got the- killed for me, but he there are only three people in that fight, and if you get one of them critical, you win. So he didn't stick around long enough to decompose. Exactly. So, I mean, there's different... Like I said, for every person, it's different. This battle was not very good about being consistent in its difficulty. (laughs) And there was no instant win strategies either. You pretty much had to find ways to break the game yourself. Well, having used a calculator, I can say that the calculators are very, very handy for breaking it. Just instant no-charge flare on certain enemies can be really helpful. Oh, let me tell you what. The calculator is the bomb. So, you, my main beef with with Final Fantasy Tactics, I was I didn't really care about the story. All I care about was the tactics. I just like getting into fights and and working my way up different classes. I hated the fact that I had to go on the internet to figure out how to unlock classes. But once I saw the calculator, I knew I had to have it. And uh, it took a while to work up all the prerequisites to get my calculator. But once I did, it absolutely positively pays off. It is just awesome sauce so your calculator 
can basically cast any spell instantly, but who it, and, and, and who it impacts is not based on targeting or anything else. It's based on whatever multiplier that you pick when you cast a spell. So uh, you can you can uh, cast a spell that's going to hit everybody whose experience points are divisible by five, um, or is an even number, something along those lines. Um, you have to earn these different uh, modifiers as you go along, but uh, with JPs, but. Uh, I unlocked all of them, and, and my calculator just kicked butt. I did spin. Every time it was the calculator's turn, I probably spent a good three to four minutes going through the different options every single time and previewing it to see who it would hit and who it wouldn't hit. But um, uh, most of the time, if you were lucky, you could get two or three enemies. They would cast instantly. You didn't have to wait. Um, and it was just awesome. No range, no range issues or anything like that. Just kill everybody whose experience is divisible by three or experience is divisible by four. It's, it's or whose height is divisible by three. Oh yeah, it was great. It was just awesome. Too many maths. You know, I didn't actually sit around doing the math a whole lot. I just kept going through each of the options one at a time whenever it was a calculator's turn, which sounds like it's incre- it would be incredibly, um, uh, time consuming and it was but it was worth it because there was a payoff when you saw three enemies get hit by flare occasionally i hit my own guy in the process if i you know if if, if there was three enemies and one of my friends was going to be hit by flare oh well you know a little friendly fire never hurt anybody but oh man it was just so cool yeah the, the calculator was my friend i i know that you could play the story characters and uh, and they would tend to be more powerful overall, but I was really into making my own uh, characters, and, and the calculator was definitely one of my uh, cornerstones of my kick-butt in-game team. Yeah, I think I the took- only story character I really liked to use was Agrius, just because I thought she was cool. Yeah, same here. I didn't really use, especially as I got older playing the game, I didn't really use it as much. Or um, I did like using Mustadio. Because like if I could turn him into like a chemist, he was he was great to have around. But I really liked building my own characters. I mean, one of my favorite classes in the game is the archer, just because you find a nice high vantage point and your archer would just pick things off. And I always, for some reason, had to purposely make a female archer. Don't know why, but I always did. I was just like the design. But there was I, I a lot tried of archers a few times. I concentrate is a good ability. That's really handy. To make sure your attacks never miss, but. I could never make my archers as useful as the enemy archers. Yeah, was that the one where they have to take extra time in order to hit harder or more accurately or uh, something? That's the charge. Oh, that's the charge. Yeah, get them Concentrate is a passive ability. It it just makes sure that your attacks won't miss ever. Hmm. Which is awesome. Um, I loved, I liked using the archers a lot. Um, there's a few classes that I really, like, I loved using monks Monks are so powerful in tactics, it's not even funny. Uh, the monks were my favorite class in that game. I think they get more powerful in each tactics game as you go along. <laughs> what, I lo- what I loved about the monks is I'd uh, level up a lot of characters just to get that ability that heals uh, HP and MP so I can put it on all my mages. Oh yeah, that's a great. Yes. Loved that ability. Well, I loved some of their um, offensive abilities, though. Like the one where you could do the ground punch in a straight line, so yes. useful when you had a bunch of bunch of dudes in a straight line. Because <laughs> like, and it would do massive damage. It wasn't like some puny amount of damage. Oh so. no! Yeah. Or any I, of the I ones think... that strike from a distance. That was always pretty awesome. Like the yeah. like, like the oh, fireball. That en- that enemy is four steps away from the end of my movement range. Okay, chung. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that I, particular I, class I, was insane. 
I think every single time I've played through this game, I've made Ramza a monk. Hmm. I don't know why. Ramza always stays a knight for me. <laughs> I, I, I had him as a lancer most of the time. I just like jumping and hitting really hard that way. Well, lancers are, again, another really good, really overpowered class. You know, as you move the jump skills up, it just gets yeah, stronger and stronger. All, all you have it to has do the wrong them. name. It's a dragoon, darn it. I know. No, god dang it. A dragoon is a mounted musketman. Get it right. Not in Final Fantasy. Well, Final Fantasy's wrong. I don't care. If Final Fantasy's wrong, I don't want to be right. <laughs> Thank you, Becky. <laughs> Mr. Apps, what's your stance on the Dragoon Lancer <laughs> issue? Um, I don't care what name they have, they're awesome regardless. Exactly. I just love Final Fantasy Dragoons, I can't help it. Especially <laughs> that one named Kane. What a dreamboat. <laughs> eh. I like the rat lady from Nine, actually. <laughs> Freya's was also awesome. And hey, if you want to have them mounted, you can stick them on a chocobo in this game. There you go, Scott. See? Yes, but you they still don't get muscle proficiency. Can they jump off a chocobo? That'd be or awesome. Or are they French? So <laughs> Swiss Dragoons, but never mind. All right, now I have to load up Final Fantasy Tactics after this backtrack and see if I can get them to jump off the back of a chocobo. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Did anyone ever really try the samurai class at all? I used it a fair amount. I actually quite enjoyed it, minus the whole having to have a crapload of katanas sitting in my inventory, but... Yeah, well, you need to keep a whole bunch of weapons spare anyway. I didn't mind it as a class. Actually, funny enough, there was one class that I used a lot, which was the Geomancer. I loved Geomancers. Yeah, it has no charge time, and it gets to use... They're not very strong, but it gets to use an attack for a distance attack anywhere it goes. And every single one of them had a status effect, too. Mm, Yeah. I don't think I used them much in the, in the first tactics. I used them a lot in the other two. When they were renamed Illusionists, I think. Um, maybe the second one, but not A2. They were Geomancers in that one. Okay, I'm, I'm getting my memory screwed up, mix, mixing all three games together. That's that's no good. Um, Geomancers, Archers. What about uh, using some of the more magic-based classes like... The oracles and the time age mediators and summoners. Did you guys use a lot of those? I love summoners. Summoners are one of my favorite classes, especially once you get some of the really high power powered summons. Time mages aren't flashy enough for me. I've never really used them much. I found time mages me, are the best. Oh, I imagine they're pretty awesome, but I just I like ma- magic that goes crash and boom. Why not use both? Mix well, and match. Well, with time mages though, you you got. The, uh, the meteor skill, which was really good. Oh, I just used I, a Chocobo for that. <laughs> I found for me, I, I would level up a lot of the time age up to at least like haste two, just to make sure that in a battle, whatever my my little mage thing was, I made sure that they had some of the best skills and just making them a conglomerated blob. I think I had like one character be stuck as a priest for most of my game, but I trained her in some of the other skills. So she'd just sit there and use, like, Holy and Meteor, and she'd just smash things. And it's like, oh, this little priest is killing everybody. So cute. <laughs> I 
I had priests for a little while just to get them to learn the the right magic, and then I switched them out because the charge times on magic just got old for me real fast. But that always made it so exciting when the, you saw the enemy like starting up a big charge spell. It's like ah, run over there and kill it. <laughs> then you see it like it was also a little, exciting a in too- when the enemy reacted to me starting to cast a spell by moving out of the range of it. Yeah, that's always fun. <laughs> Like, don't move. I want to peck you off. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah, and I guess that's an indication of the AI being fairly bright for this sort of game. You think? Unfortunately so sometimes. Oh, I know. I really hated some of the more uh, non-story battles. Like, if you got, like, a random battle, one of my biggest bits of hatred I had was um, in one of the hill sections... If you got a random encounter there, there would be like eight chocobos. Oh, so they'd be all one. different colors. So that battle was always kind yeah. of awful because, you know, you'd have those red ones gang up on you, the yellow ones healing. And I don't remember what the blue ones do, but they were, it was equally annoying. <laughs> I used to hate those types of random battles. But like, stop it, chocobos. I just want to be on my way. <laughs> and then you'd get Choco Meteor. No. Yep. Oh god, it was the worst. That show like, meteor hits hard. Yes, it does. Yep. Well, there's okay. a lot of enemies that hit hard in that game. Like the mar- what is it? The little tentacle monsters. They're pretty nasty too. Most of them seem to. Anything that takes up like four squares, you know, is going to hurt you and hurt you badly. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> or the bombs and grenades. Make sure they you were- kill them, or they will explode. They were mean. There was a lot of mean things in this game. Even story bosses were mean. The Zodiac battles in particular, some of those bosses were dreadful. I mean, we talked about Velius, and yes, Velius is really hard, but there's a couple other ones that are pretty nasty, too. Not so much the final fight, though. No, the final fight is actually pretty manageable. The one that I actually had a lot of trouble with growing up was actually the the fly, which is the Marquis battle, where you get Midule. And I always hated that battle because yeah. he had the because he has the one attack that pretty much is like instant death sentence. And I hated it. Hated it. Hated I used Sid. I was gonna say that's where it's just like here you go, Sid, go. <laughs> but sometimes like, you know, I would try to challenge myself and that battle without Sid is not fun. I also hate the battle before with his little assassin bitches. I hated them. Yeah, apparently you can learn Ultima from them. I didn't care. I just powered through. Yeah, I learned Ultima from them, but I always hated the fact that if you weren't careful, they would just walk up to you, do that little chain attack that it, they have, and that instantly kills you. It's such an yeah, you annoying attack that unless you specifically block it, it will kill you. There's no guarding it unless you have an accessory that prevents death. Pretty much. So that, that, I remember those battles being kind of annoying. But I really do think Velius was the worst of the bunch. Just because his little friends made it more annoying. If it was just him by himself, I think that battle would be super easy. But his friends don't help. <laughs> and the fact that he even says, it's like, oh, you have friends. I'm going to make my own friends. <laughs> it's just like, oh, man, I don't want you to be here. I was strong enough to persevere, but the fight with not one, but two enemies who like to break your equipment. There's only three enemies, but two of them break your equipment, and they're both tough, batch- tough bastards. 
that wasn't much fun. Which one was that? Was that with Medulla? It's near the Not... end. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, all three of them are named, and I can't remember any of them right now. It, it was it was near the end, so of course I wasn't paying too much attention to the plot anymore. I just wanted to power through. Uh, okay, I thought you were referring to the one with like the first time you meet Medulla, because that battle's surprisingly easy. Yeah, I took her with ease. Comparatively, I I just got lucky and her regen didn't kick in before, um, I think it was Agris walked over and slapped her with Holy Explosion right after my calculator did some work on her. Good old Holy Explosion. I love that attack. Yeah, see now, Agris knows how to make a flashy attack. She does. She's she got does several not, of them. For she does not get enough love. It. Sid learns all of her attacks and all of Meliodil's attacks and all of Gavgarian's attacks. Jeez, was that enough? <laughs> but he's, he's not cute. Be... No, he's fuggy. No, he's not. He's fugmo. <laughs> all the like, I I just you know with the characters in this game, I love the women in it so much, but just they I don't know why they just aren't as overpowered as the male ones. Well, Meliodil looks I mean... good, but. She won't instantly kill an enemy while breaking its equipment the way Sid usually will. Well, she comes with an awesome sword when you get her, too. Not as good as, like, Gafgarian's sword or the one you get from Sid, but it's still really good. Okay, I brought this up earlier. What is Beowulf like? I didn't get him. Beowulf, um, he's just a dra- I think he's just the dragon trainer. Like, he has a whole Zodiac quest, uh related to his situation because he's trying to, I guess, help me out here, Mr. Apps or Becky. Isn't he the one who's trying to free his girlfriend from being a dragon? Um, the last uh, time I remember, um, I think he had to um, kill a terrible monster that was attacking his buddies in the longhouse. And then um, its mama went after him and then he had to battle her. Yeah. And, and then there's a lot of singing and feasting and then there's this like really one-off things that decades later where he fights a worm and dies and it, everyone's upset Wrong about it. Wrong Beowulf. Go back to your corner. <laughs> you you know I started it, right? <laughs> yes, I know. Both of okay. you. Back to your corners. Okay. You stink. <laughs> we'll be here in the corner being cool with blackjack and hookers. No, you won't. <laughs> Not if I have anything to say about it. Which I, I, I do. My partner has two cats and a husband playing Fallout New Vegas. Sorry. <laughs> but, yeah, Beowulf in Tactics was just a guy who's all like, I need to save my girlfriend from being a dragon. So you help him do that. And then you get a Zodiac stone from it. He's not that interesting. In fact, he's, he's pretty bland and his attacks are just related to his dragon training. Actually, his dragon is is better than him, so that should tell you a lot right there. Yeah, from I what I hear, I, ever, I don't think I ever even spent the time to get him. Just didn't see. I actually did waste a whole playthrough getting every single character. To be honest, the effort was not worth it for most of them. I mean, people like to make a big deal. It's like, oh, Cloud is so useful. No, he starts uh, at no. one, and you really yeah. have to put the time I in. I never used move find item. And you have to if you want his blade. His well, it's the only way to make him useful. And you know what? Not worth it. Definitely He not was worth not worth it. the effort. It was more fun to see, like, Eris being all cute in the story for two seconds than it was to deal with, oh, by the way, here's Cloud. We don't know how he kind of got here, but okay. 
Uh-huh. But he's rambling about being really, really badly treated through all those nasty things that happen, and he's really sad now and mopey. And isn't that how it goes? You dumb. Yeah, that's Cloud. <laughs> you're, you're just describing Cloud. As I say, that's him in every game. <laughs> like I said, he's dumb. Nobody cares. <laughs> Let's continue on with better characters. Okay, yeah. Beowulf's girlfriend, Race? Race? Yes, Race. Apparently, if you have her, that fight I mentioned with Balk, where he's sniping at you from across the chasm with his Hydra and Tiamat friends, is much easier. Yep. Naturally, I didn't have her. It's honestly like this. Like I said, the special characters are really not that interesting. Um, I'm trying to actually remember who they are, and I'm drawing a blank. Minus Beowulf. You can get the the um, what is it? Worker eight. And Worker 8 just kind of walks up to people and punches them, so he's not that interesting. But he will give you a Zodiac Stone, too. And then you get to fight his girlfriend, which is really entertaining because it just has a bow on its head. Is that a Chrono Trigger reference? Maybe. (laughs) I really actually don't know. It could be, though. But, like, yeah, she has a bow on her head. They punch (laughs) things. Not that interesting. Um, I'm trying to think who else you get that's special and awesome. But All the cool characters a, you make yourself. Exactly. I I didn't yeah, care really. about using real characters. Well, actually, you know, James, we should talk about somebody you don't like for a second. What about Algus? I remember you particularly not liking him. Which he's a special I, character until no. he betrays you. Yes, the snow <laughs> fight where he has just no, he didn't kill mm. Tata, but he's there to administer justice in the name of aristocracy on you because you are because Ramsey is just a disgrace to the aristocratic name and Delita is not an aristocrat at all so it's like why would you be nice to him god (laughs) that's all it was he was so petty and he has auto point in the game where it's hard to keep up with that with the damage that you need to deal to undo that (laughs) yeah that battle was actually kind of annoying to do Again, this was, that was a case of I'm going to cheat, get my archer to jump all the way to the top of the tower, and pick everybody off. <laughs> and it worked out well for me. That was usually my strategy whenever there was like a high building. It was, archer, go there. Do what you do best. I remember you getting should... really lucky and rushing my people around the corner of the castle and dogpiling him before his mage friends had their way with me. That's one way of doing it. I'm actually trying to remember now who the rest of the damn special characters were. Well, you got Alma for one battle. (laughs) She was not very useful, but I did kind of love the weapon that they gave you with her, which was she had a healing staff and she had to smack you in the head and you got healing back. No, you have her for the final fight, too. Oh, yeah, that's right. But she sits uselessly in a corner. What else is new? Not for me. She kept casting magic barrier on me. Well, you got lucky because most of the time I didn't. (laughs) She sat in a corner and cried. She must not have liked you, Sam. I'm sorry. Probably, probably not, and that's okay. You know who didn't? You know who doesn't like anybody but herself? Ovelia. You know that one <laughs> fight where she casts magic berry on herself and then runs away. That's what she does best. <laughs> Based on that one battle, I'd have to agree. I actually, now that I think about it, I don't like the way women are treated in this game because apparently they just <laughs> cast barriers on themselves and run away, except for Agrius. Man, those women. 
Well, how about Malik and uh, his sister, who I'm not remembering right now? Rafa. Rafa. Oh, my God. I hated those two. <laughs> I hated those two so much that every time I had to have them on my team, I purposely went and killed them. That's how much I hated them. Because they're so freaking useless. I don't like oh. attacks that will randomly hit when they feel <laughs> like it. <laughs> So that was to the point where I was like, you both are benched, demoted. And then with Malik, I was like, I accidentally killed him. I was like, go away. I was like, by accidentally, I mean, sent him out on a death wish and then took his abilities. <laughs> because, you know, when somebody dies, they might turn into a crystal and you can take their abilities. One of them. Actually, um, I would only get the, to learn one thing from the crystal. Actually, the game can glitch. And believe it or not, in the glitch, you'll, you'll select one, but you'll actually get all of the ones that you don't have in the list. I had that happen many times where I'd be like, oh, I'm going to pick this one ability. And then I would look on the actual job descriptions, and I'd have the other ones. So I don't know if you noticed that. I don't remember that ever happening. I had it happen a few times, so. Okay. I just didn't get lucky then. Maybe not, but I'm just saying, like, a few times it happened to me. Sometimes it would just be one. Sometimes it would be everything I didn't have in that person's skill list. So it depended. <laughs> but it, like I said, it was one of the weirder glitches I encountered in that game. Now, I have a quick sidebar for Mr. Apps. Yes. Do you remember the viewpoint of Shining Force 3? How you could rotate it in any direction you wanted? Yes, I do. Wouldn't that have been nice in this game? Um, or am I the only one who keeps having trouble seeing around these, this, this stupid cliff that's in my way, and I can't rotate the camera in the way that'll let me see what's down there? Uh, I really had no problems with that here. Uh, I don't remember anything ever really being black too much. Can you can you zoom out a little bit as well? Yeah, you can zoom out. You can shift the angle you're viewing a little bit. I guess I guess full camera control would have been nice. And to be fair, if it were an action game, it would have been much much worse. Oh yeah. But, but in particular, anytime you're on an archway or a bridge or whatever, and the can and the cursor just flicks between the two different heights, and you have to fiddle around with it to try and get it where you <laughs> need to go. That's not so much fun. No, not I'll, to me. I'll tell. I'll tell you what could have helped out there is in uh, the the Tactics Ogre remake for uh, PSP. They had a cool feature where you could basically zoom out to like a 2D view, which made uh, instances of kind of moving the cursor around like that much, much easier. So, And that's actually more relevant than just talking about two different games because both of them were Yasumi Matsuno, right? Yes. And I think we can thank him for a plot that's really complex and convoluted and I would have needed to have it in novel form to keep everything straight, but <laughs> I'll take that over a simple old, here's a bad guy. He's going to blow up the world unless you stop him. Scenario. With, with symbolism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you always got to watch out for that destructive symbolism. It's changed the world. Gosh, without Sam here, we... We seem to have run drive stories about the game. I didn't think that would happen. So I'm playing the PSP one right now. You can move the camera. 
but for some reason, half the combat animations make the PSP chug. (laughs) Also, no explanations or tutorials for anything, ever. (laughs) Who needs tutorials? Come on now. Um, I lost the first fight four times in a row because it didn't tell me I could recruit people. Hmm. All right, fair point. Fair point. Oh, Scott, is that lovely movement issue still there in the PSP where you need to be damn sure that that's the spot? Oh, yeah, no, it doesn't let you cancel your moves because, you know, that would be incorporating an idea from (laughs) tactical games that's been around for more than a decade, and God knows we can't have that. God knows we can't have JRPGs learning from each other. No, no, that would be that's you know it's like cats and dogs working together. I was about to now. say, keep that blasphemy off the back track. <laughs> yeah, how dare you suggest <laughs> that JRPGs evolve? Yeah, hello, come on, man. JRPGs are the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Okay, that's why Dragon Warrior Quest, whatever the heck they call, sell so good because they don't change a damn thing. Beep. Well, except for Square Enix is a special flower because. It just doesn't like to learn from its successes very much. So the next two Final Fantasy Tactics games were very different in tone from the first one. And yeah, is that a tr- transition I smell, Becky? <laughs> it could be. I, I I honestly wasn't necessarily making it one, but <laughs> that's good because because I will be the one to make the transitions around here. Okay, it's in my job description. <laughs> Yeah, Becky, don't take away one of the few things he gets to do. We can, that'll just make everybody sad. That's right. Says it right I here. Just... Host must have charming personality and do all segues. Bam. That's me to a T. I was just recalling the conversation my husband and I were having on the subway today. Man, wasn't trying to transition. That'll teach you a lesson, <laughs> won't it? <laughs> I'll be over here making bunny girls until we start talking about tactics advanced then. Okay, let's do a quick roundup of any other good classes from the game then. Like, uh, did anybody ever get a mime? I didn't. Yes. I don't think so. Of course you did. How did you get a mime? (laughs) You have to get all the classes, even Dancer and or Bard. That was how you got a mime. All right, I definitely did not get a mime. Dude, I love Dancer. She's twirling around, giving everybody like eight hit points around, which is like a drop in the bucket. But, I mean, yeah. Dan- Dancer was useful. There was status, status effects involved, whereas the bard would do the buffs. And he would pretend that he could sing, but the animation looked really creepy when it was close up, so I tried never <laughs> to use the bard. He gave me nightmares. The, the, only, mime... the only guy I had who learned to be a bard was Ramza, and I wasn't going to have Ramza be a bard. <laughs> <laughs> the, um... The mime I never really bothered with. I got it, but when I was younger, I didn't really understand what it did, really. So it's like, this is stupid. This is dumb. I don't want to do it. So I just never bothered. Um, but that I also bard shows my locations. I, because I always have to make a bard, but I don't think I used it much. Yeah, I used the dancer. If I got lucky and the dancer lowered all the enemy's speed, and that was handy. Or I could have it do a whopping... 12 damage per turn. Ooh. Ooh. Hey, 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 that adds up. If she dances for two rounds in a row, that becomes 24. It does. 
Yeah. And how many hit points did enemies have? Like 500? I forget. <laughs> it was like... Well, I admit it did come in handy if, say, a wounded enemy was crawling off to try and heal itself and the dancer knocked it down. But... But have you ever tried, like, having, like, a party of all five dancers and do, like, 60, 70 points of damage around to everybody? I don't think... Well, you can't do that in story fights, because Rams is a guy and he can't dance. Oh, white man can't dance. (laughs) Is that what you're saying, Minky? I was thinking that exact same joke. White man can't dance. Well, that's a shame. They can jump, though. Alrighty, so... We're just revising the history of the 90s as we go. Final closing thoughts on Final Fantasy Tactics. Mr. Walkwinter, go! I'm two hours in. My god, it is slow. You're also playing the PSP one. Yeah, Phil, I I think we should give a quick little roundup of the differences between the PS1 and PSP versions. Especially since they changed the translation to something that some people don't seem to like. What? (laughs) (laughs) What? I know, Mr. Apps. You've seen this. Apparently people think that too many liberties were taken with the retranslation. Isn't that the general gist? Uh, apparently. They needed liberties to be taken with the translation. They took the liberty to make it good. Yeah. <laughs> they needed to retranslate the many words of the script to have them make sense, or else people <laughs> didn't understand everything that was happening. I think hey I now. just do it... There's, there's a required oh. amount of incomprehensibility in any 90s PlayStation game. <laughs> I played, I played, Metal, I played Metal Gear. I know what's up. And Jooms, you're playing Parasite Eve right now, which is also in the special needs localization category. Let's just put it this way: Final Fantasy PSP version that I didn't play yet for whatever reason, probably still really awesome. Final Fantasy Tactics when Sam was a little girl, greatest freaking thing ever after Valkyrie Profile. And the PSP version, along with the improved translation, has some extra cutscenes, too, I believe. Which are very, very nice. Yeah, I, I think I've seen one or two of them in as far as and, I got in the PSP version, and they're nice. And according to Wikipedia, super double secret bonus character, the fashionably challenged weirdo from main character of Final Fantasy Tactics A2. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> Ruby. Pizza Cutter Man. Pizza Cutter of Doom. That's one dangerous hat he wears. Um, I've heard, um, I've heard a, a couple of y'all mentioned slow down, but in researching this, this didn't seem to be a consistent complaint. So is it, um, um, uh, is it something that only happens if people have certain settings turned on, or they don't do the? Is there an install option or? I am running it off the, uh, off my memory stick, and it's just whatever weird effects there are, just are coded so weirdly that it just slows down the PSP for whatever reason. Hmm. I don't know it's if that's that bad, though. Yeah, I better say. I mean, I've looked at a number of of reviews because I played on a PlayStation. I wouldn't know, um, and I don't see. You know, too many consistent uh, complaints about it. In fact, some reviews don't even mention it at all. So, huh? Yeah. Well, that's the thing is, you can almost think like if you if you don't pay too close attention to it, you 
too close attention to it, you'd almost think it's some sort of like time dilation stylistic thing, like they're speed ramping like an early 2000s action movie. But I'm pretty sure, but I'm not going to attribute to style what I can blame on Square being stupid. <laughs> well, it doesn't help that, I mean, at least from what I remember, the game wasn't exactly super fast to begin with. I mean, no. I mean it was, at least the animation was smooth, I guess, if I summoned something. There was the occasional slowdown, I think, on the PlayStation. But the fact was that even if you were just trading melee blows and you weren't summoning up the goddess of watery destruction or something. Hey, um, even summons is, I'll give him this. They go by a lot faster than the other PlayStation Final Fantasies. Yeah. Ninety-second <laughs> animations. Jeez. Yeah, but I mean, even just trading blows, it was like you hit experience or damage, experience. Next turn, it's very deliberately paced. So battles, battles which would take. I think that was one of the things that was a little grating to me was uh, I was used to playing tactical games that had speed options like the Gold Box series or whatnot that I could go. Th- you know, I could set the battles and get through a standard battle in 10 minutes um, once I sped up uh, the slider bar. But here, I don't believe there was such an option. So, so I, used to press the, I used to press the turbo button on the Gold Bucks series. That really worked well. I know, right? <laughs> There's no turbo button on There's the PS. No turbo button on the PlayStation One either, and it it was it, that was the thing. That I think you know when people man are like, "Wow, this game took like you know 60, 80, 100, 120 hours." Like, I think to myself. Wow, it would have taken half that time if if we could just speed up the the text and them trading blows just a tiny bit. But I mean, it's it's a it's a minor complaint as long as you have some patience. It's one thing I love about Sting games because in Sting games, like Yggdra Union PSP, you just hold the button down and everything goes ridiculously fast. <laughs> this... yeah, can I get a quick demerit to the text that appears in Tactics whenever? A big story moment is happening, and you don't get to manually click on it, but you have to watch the screen slowly fill instead. Slowly fill with text that you can't rush because it's very important for you to appreciate each word. Hmm. Nobody hey, else James? James? Silver. Ooh. You know, Sam, since I couldn't see most of the things that were happening in that game, I don't have to remember them. Mike, enhance calm. Um, no, we can't reference two Stallone movies in the same show. Okay. We are di- symbolism. We are digressing. It is my job to put us back on track, on the back track. So, 60 seconds, final thoughts, Final Fantasy Tactics, Cunningham, go. Um, Final Fantasy Tactics is particularly cool because of the political storyline in my book, but I always like political storylines. I also like playing with all the different classes and... All that stuff, and it's definitely the most difficult of the tactics games, which is generally a good thing, except when it's not. <laughs> Especially if it's a little unbalanced at times. Miss Marshmallow. Well, I already said it was my favorite Final Fantasy game, so that should give you a hint as to how I feel about it. Oh. Also, I would do Agrius. <laughs> and Mr. Apps. This is the best Final Fantasy game that appeared on the PlayStation. One of the best tactics games of all time. So if you haven't played it, um, probably go take care of that right now. And Mr. Minky. 
I enjoyed it immensely for the most part, except in those instances when I was getting my ass thoroughly hammered by a certain fight or two. I much appreciate a, a plot that goes for more complex rather than, as I said, just there's an evil monster which is coming out of the earth and it's going to kill everyone unless you go kill it right now. End of story. No, here you get how many people are there in this game and they all have some complex motivation. Uh, the church wants to seize power back for its own laurels because the people have been losing faith in recent years and it's going to use the War of the Lions as an opportunity to come in as the, the savior riding over the hill for the thousands of people who are looking at the corpses over the battlefields and bemoaning They're the using demons. Yep. <laughs> you know. That's just a sample of... You're not just getting cardboard cutouts here, you're getting people with actual motivations and it has its frustrations i would not rank it as one of the greatest games i've ever played but then again i would not rank it low at all i would rank it very high just not in my top five sorry Um, I personally really enjoyed uh, Final Fantasy uh, Tactics. Uh, It had been a while since I got to play a tactical game on the console. Uh, Last one, I think, was something like Shining Force that way back when. Um, So outside of the computer experience, of course, uh, Tactics was definitely a breath of uh, fresh air despite its uh, shortcomings. You can get, uh, we, we like to mention where you can get this thing at, um, the, the disc beats me, I don't know if anyone who's really searching for the PS1 disc anymore, because you can get this as a, a downloadable title, uh, for, or you can get on the disc, uh, for your PSP, um, or you can play it on your PS3, you can get on your iOS device, we talked a little bit about the, uh, PlayStation Portable port, we didn't talk much about the iOS device, from what I understand, it's just a straight up port of the PS, uh, one no, actually the PSP version. Now that I remember correctly, and it, the touch controls are a little on the touchy side. Get it, touchy. <laughs> anyway, um, you probably want to go with the PSP version if you can do that. Having the you know a tactile game in the palm of your hand that you can suspend very easily by flicking a switch is really the way to go. If you don't have that, then maybe the iOS version might might be a might be a great way to give it a shot. But anyway, I did not want to play this game with touch controls unless it, there was a really good zoom feature. It, it does have the pinch and zoom what, feature. You don't want to touch Ramza. Ooh, um, it does have the pinch and touch zoom, whatever feature that you just mentioned. But uh, it, it feels like that there wasn't a lot of thought put into it. So um, it's a, especially if you're playing it on you know an iPod and a small screen. Yeah, that can tapping the wrong square. And we all know how well it likes to let you undo, right? Um, it's just not ideal. Um, you could probably be better off playing it with your iPad. You won't make as many mistakes. Uh, even then, I think compared to the PSP, it's a suboptimal uh, way to go. But if that's the only way you can play it, then by all means, knock yourself right out. Because you owe it to yourself to at least give this one a try. It is a little bit more expensive, I think, on there, too. It's like 16 bucks. So, hmm. All right. Well, we're going to take a teeny tiny break, let you listen to some more music, and we're going to come back and talk about another Final Fantasy Tactics game. We'll be right back.
Alright, check it out, guys. You guys, I, I, while, while the music was playing, I, I just took a few moments to look something up, right? And... And you guys think – most of you said Final Fantasy Tactics is the most awesome game either on the PlayStation 1 or the best tactical game you played or whatever. Is it worth 85 bucks? No. No. <laughs> Not when there's so many ways to get it cheaper. Because you can get it brand new in the shrink wrap for 85 bucks. How awesome is that? But you can get the PSP version brand new for ten bucks. But, but this is this is the PlayStation One. It's the original. This is this. But is, the original isn't the best version. You know, this is the first one that comes out. It's got the little instruction book the way it originally looked like. And is of, that for the black label or is that the black label? Hits yeah, one? no, not the gray hits re-release. That would be so ghetto. Our listeners want la creme de la creme. They want the black label for eighty-five bucks. Half.com, it's your friend. You can pick up the uh, the PlayStation Portable version on disc, uh, brand new. It's going for about fifteen bucks used. You can knock five bucks off the price. So, it's a steal. That's a steal. You can get the UMD for the PlayStation or for the PSP version for like four bucks some places now. There you go. Absolutely. Speaking of a steal, I hear you can steal in Final Fantasy Tactics Advance. You can steal, right? Otherwise, right. otherwise that segue really didn't make sense. All right. Whew, I think cool. my transition was better, man. Okay. I didn't ask about your transition, did I? It's all about me and my segues. All right. We are talking about Final Fantasy Tactics Advance now. This was developed by, no surprise here, by Square Enix, Square Product Development Division, uh, publisher in North America by Nintendo. This is a single-player and multiplayer tactical RPG experience for your Game Boy Advance. Released here in North America September 8, 2003. This is rated E for everyone, so it must be a, a kid-friendlier version since, you know, this has gone from a T to an E. Or is it just because the game's easier? I, I remember know. when this first came out, it was one of the first games that was released on a Nintendo platform after all those years when Square ignored Nintendo and went with Sony exclusively. Mm-hmm. Everybody remembers that time, right? Yep. CD-ROMs no, but... the wave of the future, man. <laughs> I didn't have any consoles until 2003, so... Eh, fair enough. I understand that the Nintendo 64 was no great loss for you anyway. Hmm. I I think I played a little Zelda on somebody else's Nintendo 64, but no, no, GoldenEye totally holds up. <laughs> okay, I'm, I can't even make that argument. No, <laughs> you can't. <laughs> you cannot. So unlike, let's jump right into it. Unlike the first game, and I did play this for for quite a bit um, as well. Unlike the first game, the story in this in this one, the tactical advance here, actually I could understand and and make some sense <laughs> out of. And it was actually pretty intriguing for an RPG. You you start off at the beginning. Uh, playing as a bunch of kids. I don't remember if there was a snowball fight, I think, going on. Yeah, it's it been was a few real snowball Yeah, they had a stupid-ass snowball Stupid. Fight. And, and oh, come a, on. That was fun. Underlying. 40 minutes of unskippable bollocks. That Thank you. Yes. That's why, 
that's why you keep one save file slotted right, right after, after so you never have to repeat it. <laughs> Once again, underscoring the fact that these battle systems they implement are deliberately paced to be slow as hell. Because, yeah, I just kept saying, gosh, I wish these guys would just kill each other, these snowballs. Can I put some rocks in them? Can I upgrade my snowball? Anyways, you know, you're right. I did. I feel the same way as you did, Scott. Uh, but once you once you get through that, um, I remember that he finds an, an old book um and starts reading it falls asleep i think like i said it's been like eight years but i remember he wakes up in a new world um and um uh all his friends whose lives kind of sucked mm -hmm. are magically much better and they're all happy and he's happy doing stuff they are mo they are much happier here because they no longer are mundane kids and boring dreary lives man they are like heroes and judges and and all kinds of fun things right yes I have the manual here, and it describes Mute as our other hero. March's classmate Mute is an odd boy who always carries a teddy bear. Hmm. Well, he he's he's odd indeed. But um, so so the portrait he, in the game makes it look like he's wearing the hat that Maleficent wore. Only he's not wearing a hat. And so March sets out to uh, after a while. I, believe, I don't remember why, but he figures out, hey, you know what? Maybe reality is better than fantasy, and this is really just a fantasy at the end of the day. So I've got to go out and convince the other, find and convince the other guys <laughs> that really we need to just kind of give up this awesome world that we're in and and get back to reality somehow by destroying crystals, if I remember. And yes. that is why he's a jerk. <laughs> That's yep. why he's a jerk. Arch is a jerk. And you know what? He's my favorite Final Fantasy protagonist <laughs> because Willful <laughs> Dickbag is a hell of a lot more interesting than Mopey McWhiny Pants everyone else. Yeah, or Silent, I don't want to talk to a real why do you keep bothering me protagonist? You don't you don't think that would have yep. worked better here? Nope. Oh. I I I like to think of him as the true villain of this piece. You know he really kind of is. Because he's he's almost like set on destroying this whole fantasy world How just to get home, he? no he's, matter what. He's eleven, twelve, and he's trying to be your great great grandfather. You young whippersnappers, you get you get out of it, you get out of your fantasy worlds and go get a job. That's pretty much his attitude. He's he has the attitude of a man seventy years older than he actually is. And seriously. He's got bunny girls. What more does he need? He's 12. <laughs> girls still have cooties. Before we dive too much into the details of the characters, uh, regarding the plot, did you guys think that this was decent? I won't say compared to Final Fantasy Tactics because I sure as hell didn't understand what the plot was there. Um, but relatively, let's say Final Fantasy games as a whole, what did you think? Well, can I just break – I just want to break down your gameplay experience. So I need you all to imagine a pie chart for a few minutes. So the game is 40% messing around in your menus, another maybe 50% dicking around doing quests off the board for reasons that you never fully understand, and then 10% actual plot. That sound about right? <laughs> I'd, I'd put it more about 5% actual plot. Well, and, yeah. and another 5%. Actually, flip the 45 and the 50 for uh, menu time. This surprises you why, especially in a tactical RPG? <laughs> yeah, isn't that what you want? I mean, yeah, the the plot is just usually some 
loose you know string that just you know supposed to provide you a tiny bit of a carrot to go forward from battle to battle it's not usually know, stuff that you know books are written out of there are shortcuts you could have taken for a lot of the the mon- the the uh micromanagement well, well, well yeah but that's the there. the gameplay at the moment i got to start with the plot first and then we move to characters we got like a certain flow here so plot Overall, for a tactical RPG, a Final Fantasy, or even comparing it maybe to other Final Fantasy, you know, games, what would you say? It's the never-ending story Kinda meets lame. Final Fantasy. <laughs> Becky, kind of lame. <laughs> Minky, I I barely remember the plot of the game. I remember a lot of the game itself, but the plot made no impression whatsoever on me. Then again, this was six and a half years ago. Sure. All right. So, okay, now we'll talk about the characters. Not all at once, though. (laughs) Looking at his artwork, I noticed that March's weapon of choice is apparently a transparent guitar. Or some kind of... (laughs) (laughs) So you really like the main character as opposed to other Final Fantasy characters because he's not afraid to stand up for what he believes in regardless of how much of a douchebag it makes him look like. And to set out and make it so. And everyone else is kind of forgettable. Like, Ritz has hair angst. <laughs> and, and when Marvel's they... Mother has mysterious yeah, I, blood then dies disease. Thank you, Scott. I had forgotten that Ritz's whole character crisis is she has to dye her hair so that no one will know she went prematurely... Was it gray or white? White. <laughs> That was your entire character. But really, that's something that would bother a kid that much, right? Yeah, I know, but it's At just the like... very least. I know, it's, it's lame. It, it, it's still everyone but Marsh. Even Marsh, really, because his is just a one note. Is just this one note over and over. I have air angst. I have mysterious coughs up blood and dies disease. I'm a dick. I want to keep pretending my life is not terrible. I want a mommy. I want her to coddle me all over the place and never make me feel anything because I want to be protected by mommy for the rest of my life. And no one will tell me that my hair is dumb. <laughs> and basically, if another character didn't agree with Marsh and want to stay in the fantasy world, the solution was to kick their ass, right? Yes. Yep. Well, that's No, he'd send his dad Violent. Violence is always the answer, Phil. All right. So we're learning a lot of very good <laughs> lessons from Final Fantasy Tactics Advance. And this is rated E so that kids can learn kids that lesson early learn. on. I mean, they start off with a snowball fight. I mean, this thing is violence all the way. Holy cow. So remember, kids, imagination is bad. <laughs> you must squash it wherever you find it. So, okay. Or- so warm. the other characters as far as character care you know characterization goes were pretty forgettable it sounds like um but part of a tactical rpg is being able uh to have we your did, we forgot to mention mont blanc the the moogle who shows up to help march because he has no real character but he's there to from the beginning he's he's the moogle head moogle of exposition <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, he be wandering around all over the, all the time, going, "What is that? Where am I? Why are people trying to kill me? Oh, I'm dead." That that would have been the game if if Mont Blanc hadn't appeared. <laughs> <laughs> so true. 
Okay, so, um, but part of, in tactical RPGs, part of, uh, you know, the the characters, in my mind anyways, is when I put together uh, a party and I pick their, I get to pick their classes as I could do in Final Fantasy Tactics, they kind of take on a character of their own, and, and that's made better if I have really good choices to pick from. So how were the classes in well, Tactics okay. Advance? In this one, they did something very different. They made the classes mostly uh, race-based. Humans can do certain things, but not all things. Moogles can do certain things. These new creatures called the Viera, apparently Becky really likes them. They can do certain things. I like having fencers on my team. These things called Numo, which look kind of like Eeyore, they can do certain things. And there are these things called the Banga, these big lizard guys who... Well, big lizard guys are good at hitting things, so of course they're good at that. But all... You cannot have any one character learn every job. You can't do it anymore. Aww. Uh, Although, weirdly enough, Ritz gets the Viera class list. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we can read a lot into that. What does it tell us about her that she can do something only bunny women can do? Because she's a girl and they are too. Yeah, but there are female humans who join your team. Or at least they look vaguely female. The character (laughs) design is ambiguous at best. Hey, the characters have noses in this one. They didn't in the original. <laughs> That's true. Noses. A very important advancement yeah, for uh, the series. But um tish. Well, you can't really take people seriously unless you know that they've been waiting in Kaka for a while. If they have to look down at their feet instead of knowing it without looking, I can't take them seriously. I just came up with that rule off the, co- off the top of my head. It's a great one. All right, I'm putting that on the list right after Double Tap. (laughs) And this is a very, very serious game that must be taken very seriously. (laughs) Only exceeded by the seriousness of A2. Yes, serious business. Well, I can tell you this. Uh, When I was in the head of the Buddhist mission in Vienna's apartment six years ago, which is an interesting story unto itself. I was playing Tactics Advance instead of being with my two friends and going out to explore the city. I'm sorry. (laughs) Wow, that's love. (laughs) Well, then they woke up and we eventually explored the city some more. But I did not not get them up early because I was playing Tactics Advance by the light of the window. (laughs) I mostly played it on... Oh, no, this one I played on an emulator, I think. Because I didn't have a Game Boy Advance. I got a Game Boy Advance just to play this. I sunk a hundred hours into it. I must have found a lot of stuff that I enjoyed. Yeah, same here. I mean, like it, like this. This one's definitely got all the uh, the the Skinner box buttons going. You know, you've got okay, just one more mission. Oh, I'm two missions from max from mastering this skill. Let's do that. Oh, if I clear this quest, I get this neat thing, and then I can do a new job. And it just sucks you in that way. Well, can we yeah, talk? Yeah. Can we before we? Because we almost sound like we're summarizing a little bit. Can we talk a little bit more about the specifics of the mechanics and maybe even the combat? What makes this different than from the original tactics? I'll tell you what separates this from the original tactics right off the bat: the way you learn abilities. You equip items, and once you've had those items on your possession long enough to get ability points, then you learn whatever job they can teach you. It's like Final Fantasy Nine. Instead of you just getting job points for everything you do in combat and being able to apply them to whatever your current job is as you wish. Yep. And that's actually, I kind of I like that system. It's kind of fun. 
Yeah, I, have. I find it well, really. It does kind of force you to hang on to lamer weapons just <laughs> to get the abilities out of them, <laughs> or to do a lot of time well, hunting yeah. specific rare items just to get you know the super cool special powers. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, tactics wasn't exactly inventory light either. You need to keep everything around just in case you suddenly decided, oh, I need to change somebody over to be uh, an oracle or whatever. So yeah, sorting sorting through the items later on in the game where you have everything can be a bit tedious at times. Yeah. But at least at least you can sort uh by the different weapon types, make it a little easier. And of course there is the dreaded justice system. Dum dum oh, dum. Yeah. I love that system. Uh, <laughs> I love the idea of it. The execution it. not so much. Oh, I love it. Okay, let's start with the cons of the judgment system. I hate it. it. Punishes it's you poopy. for things you don't actually do. <laughs> All right. Let, well, let's yes. explain what we're arguing about first. Sam, why don't you clarify for us exactly what is the judgment system? It's a poopy system where it puts penalties on you when you do something that apparently you're not supposed to do when a law is in effect. So at the beginning of battle, it tells you. Like for an example, you can't use magic skills. Okay. So if you use a magic skill, you get a yellow card. If you use a magic skill again, you get a red card and your player is taken out of the battle. Ooh, it's like soccer. Goes directly oh. to jail. Or my favorite one, you can't hurt anybody. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you reload. <laughs> uh, what are you supposed to do if you can't hurt anybody? I'm not sure. I reloaded. Mm. No one's sure. We all reloaded. <laughs> I, I, I never finished use this those game. Candy. You do get some cards which allow you to undo the laws to your own favor. Yeah, I think that's when I would use the cards. Is when I was like, you can't hurt anybody. I was like, screw that. Is there is and is and and forgive me because my memory is kind of fails me on the details here. Is there a benefit when you follow the laws throughout a battle? No. Oh. No. Just a, so you you got basically a system here that basically just penalizes players for for not following arbitrarily rules that are okay. randomized and thrown out there. I do well, remember this plot point: how late in the game you learn exactly what happens if you go on a battlefield where there is no judge, no law system, death. You, your characters can die if there's no law in effect, but there aren't many battles like that. So okay, so this. So far, from a, from a person of my background, seems to be a mostly a negative thing. Who's going to stand up and convince me that it's a I great idea? I will stand up and convince you otherwise. Mr. Apps, the podium is yours. It, the idea is to force you to switch up your tactics and try and figure out a way to win the battle without using certain things. So um, kinda, I think it really plays to the strategy part of this strategy RPG. Sometimes it could be annoying. I will definitely agree with that. But I think overall it's really a positive for this game. So typically the way tactical RPGs uh, handle what I like to refer to as enforced diversification 
is they will normally have enemies who are strong to one thing, weak towards another. So you'll need to use magic, use uh, magic against the unholy knights because they have more armor than a Sherman tank. Conversely, against the uh, group of magic users, you'll want to have some rogues in group because they're fast and they can cut the magic users off before they get blah 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 blah. So my <laughs> so is this? Do you feel that that law system, uh, Mr. Apps? Uh, before I move on, do you feel that that law system is better? Then what would typically be seen in a tactical RPG to to handle uh, forcing a little diversification or rewarding diversification among the party? Um, no, I think it would be best if they had done both things. I think it's just a different approach uh, that they tried. Not necessarily, um, not necessarily better or worse. Well, one of the big problems with it was that sometimes you had guest characters. Sometimes the guest uh, yes. characters would disobey the laws, and there wasn't anything you could do about it because you didn't have any control over them. Did they and get that was the, really annoying. Did they get the flag and get thrown in jail? Um, I think. Yeah, but you also wouldn't get XP for the fight. Oh, snap. Yeah, you'd get penalized. So it sounds like if you're going to play this game, that would be another reason to use one of your fancy cards up. Do you get a yes. lot of those fancy cards to, that can change the laws? You can I buy them. I remember but, getting enough that I didn't have to worry about it too much. Yeah. So it sounds they're, like they're, a pretty common loot drop. If you if you save them, uh, or if you at least save a number of them for the battles with NPCs and the one where you can't use anything at all, <laughs> you know that might that might work. All right. So probably not the best system they could put in place, but I, you can kind of work around it. All right, so um, talk about the, the battles themselves. Did you feel that they were, uh, forced diversification aside, were they enjoyable? Were they challenging? What was Poopy. y'all's over-impression? <laughs> Poopy. <laughs> now, no, why? No, I need Ooh. to explain something. Explain away, Miss Marshmallow. So I borrowed the game from Scott, and I made it all the way to the end, and I actually never beat the game because of the stupid law system. I had saved on my over my save slot on the last area of the game and you can't move anywhere or level up after you hit that point so i was stuck with a bunch of really crappy laws that made it impossible for me to finish the game all because i saved and scott telling me no don't save over my other file because i need that so i don't ever have to deal with the snowballs ever again but scott (laughs) Do you actually remember what the laws were that I got stuck with that couldn't that prevented me from beating the game? I'm not sure. They were pretty nasty because I remember they had something to do with like special attacks. Well, you don't uh, know. I think it was like no melee, no specials, and then something else that you probably could have dealt with. No problem. No magic. <laughs> no magic. <laughs> I do remember this vaguely. It has to do with the plot because uh, mute just doesn't want to be dragged back to the real world and he has the power to make the judges have more draconian laws so that's mm. the plot reason you're getting such nasty stuff slammed at you I just, I, I don't know what it was about the game that I just couldn't beat it, I felt like I was so trapped in a corner um, I mean, and I, I ground a lot of levels and whatnot before I did the battle, but I think it was just whatever the day's laws were plus the story ones I think I just backed myself way too much into a corner that I just couldn't I couldn't beat it because the en- the special enemies in the final boss fight would just rape me after every turn that they got with their special attacks. And because I couldn't use special attacks, I was, you know, I was stuck. 
to be like, I'm going to poke you with my sword and hopefully you'll die. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Well, that's, that's, so, that, that, that definitely could be pretty concerning, especially if those final laws from that last battle are kind of set in stone in order to, to you know, make it more challenging. Uh, in a tactical game, uh, you want to have it difficult enough to where you know people really have to think through, especially for big boss situations. But not so difficult, or not so uh, not designed in such a way to where people have to be totally diversified in order to have any chance to win. I mean, heaven forbid the law was no melee weapons, and your team was four melee fighters and a mage. I mean, that would be pretty <laughs> scary. Although you generally will have quite a few characters the way that these games are, are set out. So that's usually not a problem well, unless you're trying to do some kind of personal challenge. Well, yes and no, Becky, because I remember – I mean, in, in Grant, I didn't get to, you know, that far in advance. But in Tactics, where I had this stable of 16 characters, um, you know, I quickly figured out that I only used five at a time. And using my time to level up other people was a detrimental use of my time because it was – we're never going to use them of more than five. So, I mean, well, is that yeah, kind of well, the case here? A, this one had another system where you could yeah, they, send dudes off to do missions on their own. Uh-huh. So you you kind of had to rotate them a little uh, bit. Okay. Well, that's smart. Yeah, also, Tactics had that also, too. There were also times where your characters might be in jail from getting a red card, so you kind of have to <laughs> use, somebody use somebody else, else. in their place. Yeah. But yeah, for the record, Final Fantasy Tactics, the first one, also has the whole sending people out and letting them get experience through doing a quest. Yeah, so. I, rem- I, I vaguely remember that. I, I think I also vaguely yeah, remember it not being a great use of their time, but I don't remember It was why. also where some of the most hilariously mistranslated dialogue was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. We went on a boat. But that a was a fish very- appeared. <laughs> this is the way. <laughs> As a result, we were able to investigate it. Ooh. <laughs> so, did you find uh, one of you mentioned doing a lot of grinding? Was was that? Did you find yourself often doing that to stay ahead of the curve in this game? Was it particularly difficult? No. 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 It's pretty I easy. Got, actually. I got marked to level fifty pretty early on, but that's just because I had him as a thief and constantly stealing the enemy's experience. Which is kind of a waste because if you level that much as a thief, you're not that great by the end. <laughs> mm. no, I just ground a lot because um, with the tactics games in particular, I just like to see how much the game has to offer. So I usually will over level. And, and that can certainly that that's absolutely I think uh, something that's very fascinating about any of the tactics games is because of the way. Uh, in tactics, especially the way the classes were structured, to kind of encourage that sort of grinding to explore to see what classes you would open up next, especially if you didn't cheat like I did and looked it up online. So it sounds like there's a lot of that going on here in advance too, where you know you want to put on all these different armors and weapons and learn their skills off of them and see what kind of uh, combinations you can you can go out there and explore. And that's Definitely. and that's pretty cool considering like my last console game before this series was something like. You know, shining, shining force, or maybe if I looked at Fire Emblem, where uh, the leveling up process is pretty rigid and straightforward, and there's really, you know, there's there's not a whole lot of grinding in those games. You're going from point to point in the story, and even if there was, aside from maybe getting a, a little bit of an extra boost against the boss, there wouldn't be much reason to. So that's pretty cool. You did a lot of that, didn't you, Mike? Like I just said, I sunk a hundred hours into this game. Yeah, was- same here. It was one of my principal sources of diversion when I was in Europe and didn't feel like paying outlandish prices for anything new. 
Um, I, I deliberately did not finish it for a long, long time, and I think I had pretty much every mission completed that didn't recur endlessly. And by the time I did finally complete it, I was more or less ready to be done, so I have mostly forgotten what transpired in the final battles, except that Mute's mom turned into some ugly demon or whatever. I, You know, it's a Final Fantasy game. There's a woman who turns into an ugly demon and just fed all of them. <laughs> oh, well, that's pretty much par for the course. All right, Sarah. Hide was most assuredly worth it for me. Are there are there any other particular um, original aspects of the game that stick out in your mind that you want to share before we wrap it up? Well, I don't remember all that much about any specific classes that I loved, but I did I did kind of like having the classes be race specific, which made you broaden your party choices quite a bit if you wanted to see everything that you could do with the entire job system. The only problem was the Moogles kind of sucked in general. Yeah, but I'll grant you that. Other they're, than that. They're fast, but that's about it. And the new I Moogles... Thought, I thought the Vieras had a lot of the really good classes. But. They did, and the Bonga were really nice because they were tanks for the most part. You could trust them to take some hits and not go down. I think my best character was a Bonga monk, actually. Yeah, and of course they would all have to learn... Uh, I don't think they called it Chakra anymore, but the monks, of course, learn that distance attack, and you're going to be using it all the damn time. Oh, yes. And the Numo, I think, were the best mages. Which, yeah, they were. Which might mean that if there's ever a Winnie the Pooh RPG, then Eeyore should be the mage. I don't know. <laughs> well, both both the Numu and Eeyore look awfully cute wearing wizard hats. So, <laughs> Well, we'll see if Disney ever feels like making a Winnie the Pooh RPG. Christopher Robin has some horrible demon in his head and they need to get it out of him. I don't know. Well, if South Park can do it, then clearly <laughs> Winnie the Pooh can. Yeah, but the original author of Winnie the Pooh is very dead. We'd have to trust in the estate of whoever's got it now. There's a good source material to work from. They go to the... You could have all sorts of little subquests based on the stories from the book, like when you go to the North Pole... It's all about poo sticks and pine cones, man. That was the greatest story of them all. Hey, man, Winnie the Pooh Land was always my favorite in Kingdom Hearts, even though the mini games were lame. Because it was Winnie the Pooh Land, and I was like, I'm in Winnie the Pooh Land. Winnie the Pooh rocks. Oh, Ooh. boy, I think we've digressed again. I don't know why. <laughs> my spider sense is tingling. The wonderful thing about Tiggers, they make such wonderful things. <laughs> Okay. I can sing the whole song for you. No, because then I'll have to bounce you out of here, okay? No. no. Aunt, uh, my aunt had a cat named Tigger and he died, but he was 20. Aww. Aww. Okay, back to Final Fantasy Tactics Advance. <laughs> no. <sighs> All right. Yes. No. Yes. I can see it's time for our final thoughts. Mr. Apps. Uh, this is... This certainly isn't as good as the first Final Fantasy Tactics, um, but um, it works really well as a portable game. There's a lot to do, and it's just uh, a lot of fun. All right. Miss Sam? Just, oh, sorry. Did you want something else there, just ignore the, Yes. Just um, skip as much of the story as you can. It's not worth it. <laughs> Sam? It's a fun game to play. You can definitely sink some hours into it. The story is a little bit too bizarro for my taste, and Marsh is a little bit of a douche, so 
watch out for him. <laughs> Otherwise, it's not bad. It's not great. Hey, Sam. What? Where on the list of Final Fantasy female characters does Ritz rank? Not very high. <laughs> but she's not as problematic as a certain woman from Final Fantasy VIII who makes me a rageaholic. Or a certain mm. other woman from Final Fantasy VII who also makes me a rageaholic. All right. At least she has the excuse of being a kid. All right, right, right. Digression. Exactly. Digression. <laughs> Becky. Final um, this is a fun little popcorn game. That's how I like to think about it. It's, you know, it's it's fun to play. It's definitely addictive. It's definitely not as difficult as the first tactics, but it's got some fun stuff to it. And I like Bunny Girls. All right, Mr. Scott. Bunny Girls. Well, as much as the JRPG has sort of migrated to the portables, they haven't most of most of the designers really haven't embraced the portability of the console that well, so you end up with, you know, a PlayStation style experience when you're really just trying to knock out a few levels on the bus. And I think ta- the advance the the Tactics Advance games really do manage to, you know, just provide these little very small bite-sized mission structures that work great when you're just trying to kill time. Okay, Mr. Minky. I would have to agree with pretty much everything that's been said. I'll give my own spin. Tactics Advance, for me, was not about the story at all. Like I said, I barely remember any of it. But for buffing out a team and just taking them through endless missions, most of which on their own wouldn't be particularly interesting, but in the context of this game, somehow they're incredibly addictive. That's what this game was to me. And like Scott said, it's great in bite-sized chunks. Um... So many portable games, even now, have forgotten that you need to be able to save at pretty much any point. And this one definitely did that, which is very helpful. And the missions, for the most part, aren't particularly big. You'll be able to finish them within 15, 20 minutes. And you'll have a blast doing it. At least I sure did. And you two listening to this can enjoy that same exact blast for about 13 to $20. That's what the Game Boy Advance is selling for. I don't think it's. I don't think I've seen it on any sort of downloadable store on the DSi no. or anything. So no. that's probably oh, your no. only way there to enjoy it is to grab it and plug it into your uh, old-fashioned DS or Game Boy Advance. And if you want, and I'm pretty sure you can get an actual Game Boy Advance for about thirteen to twenty dollars as well. Yeah, <laughs> have one. But if you're spoiled like me, you might want to go ahead and grab. Uh, just play it on the DS because I'm spoiled now. I gotta have the bright color screen. The old is Game Boy Advances are too dark for me, huh? Is that an original Game Boy Advance, Scott, or an SP? Hello, I am not on Skype. Whoa, that was wrong. <laughs> wow, God, you were you were taken over for a moment there. What happened? <laughs> Something crashed. I don't know. <laughs> Well, I learn something new every day. I guess Scott's got a hidden feminine side to himself. That uh, boy, that when we start talking to tactics, he just comes roaring out there. Yeah. Oh, I'm getting a little flustered here. Okay, uh, I'll, I'll never ask you about specific permutations of the Game Boy Advance again, now that I know what happens. That would be a highly recommended course of action, Mr. Minky. All right, we're going to take a teeny tiny break while Mr. Minky considers the ramifications of his actions. And we'll be right back to talk about Final Fantasy Tactics A2, Grimrar of the Rift.
welcome back. We're ready to talk about Final Fantasy Tactics A2, Grimoire of the Rift. Holy cow, that's a blade long title. This was developed and published by Square Enix. Released here in North America on June 24, 2008. This is a single and multiplayer tactical RPG experience. Rated E10, so boy, is that more mature than teen? No, that's less than teen. All right, so somewhere in between advance and regular, I guess. Um, anywho, this is a Nintendo DS game. So now you get to play Tactics with two screens of power. Yes. Awesome. If you bought the Japanese one, you can't use the touchscreen for anything. Oh! No! Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. So, which one of you guys have actually played this one here? I have. Okie dokie. So, we'll let Mr. Miki start us off by talking about the setting and the story. Ah, yes, the story. Well, you you play as this guy named Luso who shares March's penchant for just using a transparent musical instrument as his weapon. And he's goofing off daydreaming in class and I think he gets held back for detention and finds a magical book which takes him into the world of Ivalis. And then he meets a guy named Sid who happens to own a group of fighters who wander around doing missions in Ivalis and um, yeah, Luso is eventually supposed to get back home but he's really not that concerned about it which is fine. He's like, this is rad. (laughs) (laughs) This is rad. I'm not going to screw this up at all, ever. (laughs) Yeah, he's 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 genially likable in a bland sort of way, but I can get behind his. Hey, this is kind of cool. I I like being here. Why why would I want to go home? Yeah, I guess I have to someday, but I'm gonna have fun while I'm here. That's more or less his attitude, and it's an entirely understandable one. And that's your central plot: him, Sid, and Co. trying to find a way to get him home. And that's why I don't remember much more of the plot. Well, <laughs> it's sort of mysterious like... chick. Or something. Oh, yes, Adele, who shows up and... See, I've got the manual out. And she steals their marks for a few missions, and eventually she joins the team for whatever reason. I don't remember exactly what it was. She had she a... She doesn't really know either. <laughs> she had a mysterious past, and it was so unremarkable that I'm not remembering it right now. I'm pretty sure I... I, I have yet to finish the game, so. Oh, and apparently, I did get them. The, these two people from another Final Fantasy called Van and Pinello, they they did show up. You but nobody cared. Yeah, I think I got them to join my team. That's just because I spent 100 hours on this one, too. So, why not? <laughs> and, oh yeah, the, the manual also lists this little guy named Herdy, who seems even smaller than most Moogles, and... He's a bard. Yeah, I'm only I'm, moderately I'm, spoony, though. <laughs> I played this only a year ago, and I'm struggling to recall what he did, other than show up in a couple of mission briefings and do random things. Well, well it's like it's this. Like this. Remember, Remember how the step from tactics to advance was the game got a lot more shallow in name of being sort of bite sized, playable little chunks? Well, they did that again. So there is plot, but it's mostly just an excuse for you to wander around doing these missions for these guys. Like the main thing is that there are two subplots where 
you bump up against these criminal types who are responsible for all crime, except there only seem to be about five of them. And then you you thwart them, and then you turn out. It turns out that this book, this library book you found, opens rifts to alternate dimensions, and a demon comes out of it, and you beat it up, and then you get to go home. <laughs> Is that really how it ends? Yeah, pretty much. Huh. Oh, and then you find out that the school librarian from the beginning of the game was mute from advance, and you're like, ah, what? <laughs> apropos of nothing. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> See, I didn't actually know it was possible to finish this game <laughs> because I took every mission and I'm, I don't even know how many hours I've sunk in it. I, it's the game I sort of pick up and play like when I'm going to be on a plane for a few hours. Yeah, that, that's exactly what it's great for. The story is just sort of secondary. Yeah, it's there, but trying to pay attention to it is kind of like trying to, gr- to grab a, a big bowl of jelly with no bowl. And that's why I struggled so hard to remember it, because there's almost nothing cogent to remember about it. There's a guy, there's a boy trying to get back home. What did you mess around with chocobos and punch dudes? Oh, jeez. What, what about the other character? What about the characters in the game? Were they interesting, memorable, or were they quite as forgettable, such as the last game we talked about? Well, they don't even have the one-note thing to keep them going. Like, <laughs> Adele is the compulsive, annoying thief who shows up for, like, the first five missions you meet her. She shows up, you know, sort of steals your loot, and then, for whatever reason, decides, eh, you're not bad, I'm going to join you and stop stealing your loot. Like, oh, how okay. sweet. And then she disappears again, and then, I don't know. Wow, that sounds like, like she's... Even... She and shows up and kind of joins your party, and then disappears at random when the plot requires it. <laughs> and then Vaughn and Pinello randomly show up, and they're like, we're cool, we're Sky Pirates! And I'm like, go away, I didn't even like you in the last <laughs> game. And don't Sid... believe the Emperor's lies! <laughs> <laughs> and Sid is like Montblanc in the last one. He's there for your exposition purposes, and um, to... Actually, he's mostly controlled by AI until he gets... I remember, he got injured for a while, that took him out of the battles, which was fine because he kept stealing my experience when he was in battles, and then when he finally comes back, I mostly didn't use him anymore because he had spent so long compared to everyone else. Yeah. And this game still has the same um, job system that's constricted by character race. Except Uh, two new races. Are there? I forget. Yeah, there are these things called the Seek, which look like, I don't know, gigantic lizard pigmen things. Oh, yeah, oh right. Yeah, yeah. Dudes. I always got and... them confused with the Numu. Were the Numu were the Numus in this game still? Yeah, they're in it. Okay. All the old races are there, plus the Seek and the Gria, and I like the Gria because they can fly. Oh, right. The Gria were awesome. And they're kind of cute, at least in yeah, the Yeah, they're all, they're all women, aren't they? Yeah. Just like the Viera. Yeah. Which fits, because most of the other races are only men. As far as you can tell. Well, yeah, I don't think... How do you ask a banga it's sex? We don't want to know. No, it'll punch you in the face. It's not a good idea. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Anything else, Mike? Not the story, no. Of the characters? (laughs) Uh, They do what they need to in combat. 
<laughs> so, similar to what I asked about uh, Final Fantasy Tactics Advance, let's talk a bit about the the classes. I assume that you can recruit and build your own party. Yep. And yep. Uh, how much customization do you get with the classes? How do you unlock skills? How does that work in this iteration? Same as before, but they really tightened up how you switch. There's a lot less inventory micromanagement. There's a lot less... I, I remember being able to check one item against six guys' stats at the same time, and that was, like, ungodly awesome as a time saver. Wow. And I think the way you get the um, items is different, isn't it? Oh, yeah, like, the shops don't start stocking things until you give them certain ingredients. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. And that that gets interesting, because you... Sometimes want to just go on a mission to see if you can find new stuff to forge items with. At least I did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the law system is different in this game. Um, it's not as restrictive as it was in the last game. And you can kind of choose whether to um, obey the law or ignore it. Um, the penalty if you ignore the law is that you don't get some extra goodies at the end of the battle. Um, yeah. So Depending on what kind of mission you're taking off, you're taking on, you may or may not care if you get those extra goodies. Yeah, and in this one, as I remember, if you do obey the law, then you usually get some kind of in-battle bonus for doing so. Oh, yeah, that's right. And so you may or may not care whether you lose that bonus, depending on how over-leveled you are for the battle. So basically, you have a lot more choice with the with the law system. It's definitely... I think it was nicely refined for this one. Yeah, I never remembered any instance of the law suddenly being something that I had no way of dealing with. Also, they took out a lot of the laws that were really annoying. Like, like the, I'm like, pretty sure there's no ban on dealing damage in the mix anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I think there was still occasionally, like, you can't hurt Viera and you're up against, like, 16 Viera snipers. But Yeah. That then, you would just, then you just say, yeah, screw the law and just, just take them out. I don't need my speed bonus for this fight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's right. I remember uh, as you go up in clan rank, you can you learn new bonuses that you can have applied to, to the battle. So it's not just a random bonus, but it's the one you select to have as your bonus for that battle. Yes, and if I recall, mine was almost always making um, spells not cost very many MP, and so I'm ridiculously powerful now. Yeah, there are quite a few options for uh, letting the law go to pass and taking advantage of it. Mm -hmm. I mostly used speed up because I think I got it up to... All of my party's speed was plus six, so that allowed me to just destroy everything real fast. But I had some yeah, I think I would use speed up, or um, the one there was one that also I think let you move many many spaces, which is also helpful. I remember the one that if you like, if you started a new file with tactics advance loaded into your GBA slot on a DS, it gave you it immediately gave you a an ability without having to learn it. And I remember that one being pretty good, but I don't remember what it did. <laughs> I don't remember knowing that at the time, so of course I did not have Tactics Advance in my GBA slot. Wish I'd known that. I'll always load GBA games of the same franchise in when you pop a DS card in. You get neat stuff. Well, I knew that for Super Robot Tyson. True. That necklace thing, I think I used for most of the game. <laughs> good accessories, yeah. <laughs> um... 
I think we pretty much discussed all the ways that the law was tweaked for this one. Yeah. So battles pretty much handled very similar to the first tactics advance, uh, aside from the tweaks in the law. Touchscreen controls that weren't very good, and you still can't turn the camera. <laughs> the classes were a little more balanced, if I recall. Um, there weren't quite as many classes that were sort of useless. I don't know. Moogles still kind of seemed. Pointless. Yeah, Moogles are still kind of underpowered compared to the other ones, but I still remember they... just using Moogles for uh, mission fodder instead of taking them into battle. But well, you... they, I think they could be time mages, though. So, yeah. so there's your time yeah, mages. Yeah, but so for can you. Numu. There's that. Oh, Basti, but you took them because they were cute. Koopo. No, guess not. Yeah. Most of most of my characters were Viera and um, the the demon flying ladies. The Gria, yeah. The Gria. Although I think my new moo, I had I had a new moo that did some of the main magic priesty stuff. Oh, they did change the way the characters are recruited. I remember in the first Texas Advance, uh, just people would randomly appear and say, "Hey, can I join you?" But in this one, you need to be in a specific area in a specific month of the game calendar in order to get people to join up with you. So I I used a fact for that because I wanted to tweak my party. Yeah. And then they come up and they're like, I want to join your party. And if you're all full, you're like, no, you can't join me. And they get all ticked off. Well, they, they it specifically said that they left crying. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you're just a heartbreaker. That's what the game sets you up as. It's like, but I already have too many Moogles. Go away. Yeah, I was trying to get a Gria. I don't want another stupid Moogle. Okay, so sounds like this game has so much in common with the first Tactus. You got a forgettable story, uh, an equally forgettable cast of characters to support said story, but an you know incredibly interesting uh, array of different classes and ways to build up your characters and the such, uh, coupled with a uh, a tactical a tactically sound combat system underneath of all of it with a sounds like an improved judgment and law system that actually adds to the game such as giving you rewards rather than just punishing you every time you don't follow one of the draconian laws that uh, the judge mets out to you so overall this sounds like tactics advance but better am i wrong here you could make that argument yeah well they did call it you know tactics advance too well yes but we have a lot of two games that really suck um um, it's also it's also huge. Like there are so many missions, it's almost ridiculous. Three hundred, half of which you can repeat. <laughs> half of which you can repeat. So, and wow. I know that a lot of those missions only open up once you finish the game and do a new game plus. Holy cow! Okay, so help me out here, since everything as far as the story and stuff goes is is pretty forgettable in in both of these games. Uh, would it not just make sense if if someone had not approached the series at all, uh, just to go ahead and pick up A two, and yeah, run with it. that? It's, there doesn't seem to be. I know. I know. I tend to be so, when I approach series, I tend to want to be somewhat of a completionist and go through them chronologically because I'm afraid of missing some important bits of story, or especially in an RPG uh, series. But here, it doesn't sound like that's really important at all. There's well, no story connection. Yeah, yeah. You can you can pretty safely skip Final Fantasy Tactics Advance, but you don't want to skip the original Final Fantasy Tactics. That's oh. that's a mistake. 
Right. No, absolutely. Cool. Alrighty. So... Oh, and Mr. Apps. Yes. I understand that you have sampled this game but have never gotten very far. Please, tell us. I've gotten about four hours in and, you know, enjoyed the similarities to the previous game. And, you know, it just uh, came out at a bad time for me and, you know, I'm always distracted by new games. So did, uh, after this, I'll probably dig into it. But did you... Oh, go ahead. I, I, Mr. Apps actually refused to ignore his wife on his honeymoon to play this game. What? That's true. I don't know what's wrong with him. <laughs> Get out. Okay, so, but I mean, no, but you know, I can kind of understand yeah. that given its strong similarities to the first one. Did you kind of feel like, not that it was incredibly uh, exactly the same thing, but did you kind of get start getting a feeling of been there, done that? No, it's just... Um... Uh, I think, you know, there were newer games at the time that, you know, this was something I had played before. I figured I'd... So, I mean, get... it could be a little bit of been there, done that then. If something else right, looks shinier and newer... Maybe a little bit. I mean, I did play the original a lot, but, you know, it's been a while since I've played the original now, and so it's probably the right time to finally dig into it. Okay. And, you know, Mr. Apps, you're more than welcome at any point to, after you've played, uh, played the game through, if you'd like to give a uh, two or three minute rundown to come on the show and do that. We always give a place at the end of the show to, to plug what we're playing or, or we can do a, a separate little recording. That'd be fine. Sure. Okay. Well, uh, so final thoughts, Mr. Minky. I sunk another hundred hours into this game and <laughs> given that, given that I did that, I wasn't eager to tackle the post game stuff, but I, I'm keeping it around for the day when I just decide, you know what? I'm ready to go into it some more and sink another couple dozen hours into this thing because I only finished it because um, I was starting to see only repeat missions. And, yeah, there were still a few new ones, but I seem to recall about this time last year, I think Mac wanted me to review something, so I had to go do that instead. And I had sunk 100 hours into it, and I could do it again. It's just that addictive. And... If you play it only for the story, well, that's your loss. But if you play it for the game, you're going to have some fun. Interesting, interesting. And and the mini-adventures, like the mini-quests have mini-storylines to them, which is more interesting than um, in the original Tactics Advance where they didn't really have much in the way of stories. So, you know, you get a cute little story and you meet some cute little side characters. So Miss, it can be mildly entertaining. Miss Cunningbeef, I you, want you to share your deepest and most profound thoughts regarding Final Fantasy Tactics A2. Um, <laughs> don't have any deep thoughts. In 60 seconds or less. Game. <laughs> but uh, yes, I, it's, it's again, it's another fun little popcorn game and it's a really good one if you want to kill time on um, various forms of transit, which is generally how I use it. Okay. Anybody else? Final Scott? thoughts? Scott? You know what? It's a fun little time waster. If you haven't tried it yet, it's worth it's worth the it's worth putting sinking, you know, some effort into it. Hmm. Let's see here. But is it worth? Let's see if it's worth. Survey says about twenty bucks. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. fair. It does seem to be a little hard to find. It actually looks like this might be a little limited. I'm only seeing about. 
three, four copies. One copy is uh, for sale from a buyer of somewhat questionable repute for about 20 bucks. The next one listed for that is actually listed at $40, and then the uh, two other ones are listed between 50 and 90 Wow. How much would you pay for this? What do you think, Mike? I think I paid uh... – 25.30 on eBay, and it was definitely worth that. If we go by sheer money for time, then I got a good three hours per dollar or whatever that averages out to. But uh, what, am, what am I seeing on eBay? I'm seeing a bunch of new I, ones. Yeah, for, you can get on some new new ones. Yeah, I was just seeing there's a couple there for about 20, 25 bucks. And then I have to wade through all the Japanese copies because eBay, of course, can't be bothered to lump those in with the Americans, but that's probably the best. Apparently, if you're in Canada, you can get the uh, the game itself for about forty dollars from an Amazon seller, and the strategy guide for about eighty dollars. Nice! <laughs> wow! What a deal! Wow. <laughs> so is it? EVGames.ca is telling me fifteen bucks, either new or used. And I will tell you, if you if you if the only way you can get it is by shelling out thirty or forty bucks, you're still getting a, a really great game. Um, at the price I paid for it when it came out, so uh, unfortunately, you know, Square Enix surcharge. It's worth it. Unlike, yeah, Square Enix you surcharge. always have the Square Enix surcharge, so <laughs> that doesn't help things out. But interesting how this one really hasn't dropped in price like its predecessor. And I'm wondering if it was just because of a limited print run, or just because it's just that much better. I don't know. Usually, that's an indication of a limited print well, run. Well, I don't remember it getting a whole lot of attention at the time. Do you? No. no. Some, but not a ton. Yeah, not a lot. Yeah, it was a kind no. of a late, yeah. I mean, I saw a little publicity, but not a metric ton, no. Definitely not a lot on the critics or anything like that. Didn't it come out the same year as uh, Final Fantasy IV DS? Maybe. Ooh, <laughs> that would be bad. <laughs> I think it may have. Why don't you uh, take a moment to look that up while our listeners get to enjoy some more music from the Final Fantasy Tactics series. We'll be right back. I don't think we've got a lot of comments on the last show since we just uploaded it yesterday, do we, Mike? We've got one where Throne of Dravaris linked us to what Lustmord's music used in the Planescape trailer was as a sample and a general idea of what it could have been if used in the full game. And having listened to it, I can say it's very percussion-heavy in a good way. Beyond that, I can't really describe music without pulling in all my relatives who can actually read music and tell you all the fascinating things that you're hearing in each of the chords. So I'll um, 
just say you have to go look at it yourself. There you go. We definitely love it when you leave comments on our boards. You can do that at rpgamer.com. Click on the little link for the forums and then leave your thoughts and impressions. Not to mention on the shows that Mr. Minky is so gracious to post up on the index of the site. You can find it. It always has a little link where you can click on discuss and comments or something or rather. That's what I usually use. Um, and we we mentioned it on that Planescape Torment show, which <laughs> which, which I probably just went up. Um, but uh, we are doing a neat little thing. I'm trying something out called Google Voice where listeners can call in and leave a message. Um, there's one of those ladies that sounds an awful lot like Scott Wachter's uh, alter ego there that we heard earlier in the show. <laughs> Um, that'll answer generic Google voicemail message, um, but uh, you can leave a, a message there. We want you to tell us about your Planescape Torment experience, or we'll open this up a little bit. Any Final Fantasy Tactics or Tactics Advance or A2 experience, tell us your thoughts. Keep it somewhat brief, uh, because I don't know when the voicemail thing will cut you off if you go on too long. And the phone number you do that, get your pens, get your paper, write this down. I'll give you a second. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, there we go. It's uh, 801-410-0534. Again, that's 801-410-0534, which spells absolutely nothing, as we determined last show. Well, nothing good. Nothing nothing good. But I'm sure somebody will figure out that it really, sm- it really says, like, armpits or something. I don't know. No, there's too many ones and zeros they'll, in it. They'll figure out a way. They'll figure out what the other numbers mean and rearrange it, and it'll mean – you know something really nasty oh and the reason why this didn't get as much attention was uh this came out the same year as uh pokemon platinum oh well there you go and that did get a lot of attention and it was just another pokemon game holy cow gotta catch them all not only that but final fantasy 4ds came out the month after oh yeah yeah, double whammy (laughs) ouch feel the burn bad marketing No, you'd think the tactical players and would two Professor Layton games while we're at it. <laughs> Layton does it again. Wow! Curse him and his puzzling ways. Curse and you. his matchsticks. Professor Layton. Was Apollo Justice released in that time frame? Matchstick. Oh my! I'm, I'm gonna check. <laughs> Probably not. All right, so. Let's uh, let's give y'all a couple of minutes each to plug away. Is there anything you guys wish to say to our ever so captivated audience? Let's start with Mr. Michael Apps. Anything you want to plug this week? Uh, well, I'm currently trying to review Dark Souls, so Ooh. keep plug uh, keep plugging away at that. And um, if you want to follow all the gruesome ways I'm dying, um, you can follow me on Twitter. Look for hashtag Dark Souls Deaths. <laughs> Are you doing one of those uh, review blogs? I, I don't know if they're still doing that on the the forums. No, I'm just doing the Twitter thing for now. Ah, much easier um, to do that with 140 characters or less. So, so Mr. Apps, what happened yes. to the War of the North? Oh. Ooh. <laughs> well, the War in the North is just a wee bit buggy, wherein there's a number of issues you get into where your save Define become, a wee bit. Your save will, could become completely broken and the only way for you to progress in the game is to start over from the beginning or restore from a previous save well, that you, you have backed up somewhere. You did alternate your saves, didn't you, Mike? Oh, no. You see, the game <laughs> has save slots and it uh-huh. auto-saves for you. 
very kindly of it. So, you know, you can't, you know, have a different save file for each each time you save the game or anything like convenient like that. That is very convenient. So, you know, the game is pretty fun when it's not, you know, glitching out, but it, it's it's pretty impossible to reliably finish the game at the moment. Isn't that like isn't that one of our scores like 0.5 or something like that where it's just unplayable? <laughs> Don't we have a score for that? Uh maybe if you can actually finish it. It's called a 1. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean But yeah, needless to say I'm waiting for them to patch the game before I make any further attempts to complete that. So well, it's on the dark side. Are we attempt four that you will next start? Yes, attempt four. And the, it, just to note, the first failed attempt, I actually was planning on playing through the game with a friend, so I had to put him through that as well. Hmm. But uh, aren't we supposed to play through the games as they're originally released, not after they've been patched 500 times? If you can complete the game that way. <laughs> Well, you know, you like needless to say, I think they rushed this one out, and it's probably going to hurt the sales. Yeah, they needed to get it out in time for that Hobbit movie that's coming out in two years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, that's the thing. I don't really understand what exactly the rush was. I mean, they threw it out in an already crowded November. You know, they came out right around lots of other big RPGs. So I. I don't. I don't understand. Well, you, you see, the they logic. wanted to give you want. They wanted to give the stores an opportunity to provide people with many fine sales on War of the North, which you can find <laughs> on sale at most sites. Yep. Wow. Uh. So what you're saying is you may or may not want to buy it. However. <laughs> okay. So alrighty. Well, enough of games that don't work. Let's talk about something else that doesn't depress me. Sam, you got some good news for me? Um, I just finished reading the second novel in the Kitty Norville series by Carrie Vaughn, and I really liked it. But otherwise, in terms of RP gamer work, I've been taking a bit of a break just with all the personal stuff that's going on in my life. So the last thing I think I did was the Legend of Grimrock. Was it Legend of Grimrock? Does that sound yes. right, Becky? Yes. Yay, okay. Not about right. Transformers. It's not about Transformers, but it's about a really cool-looking, you know, first-person dungeon crawler in the vein of Dungeon Master. Ooh. And in fact, I plugged it for you on the last backtrack. Yes, and I love you. But, um, yeah, other than that, I have just been playing Skyrim in my free time just because it's a really good mindless game. Just, again, with all the crap I'm dealing with. Mm. And my character is a Nord, and apparently, according to Scott, she's incredibly racist. Mr. Scott, anything you wish to share with the audience this evening about racism? <laughs> uh, no. Uh, actually, yes, I'm racist against Kryptonians. They freaking suck. Especially when they're on TV. Um, at some point, probably around the same time this episode drops, there will be a review of the Smallville RPG which is better than the TV show somehow. Now, now, how can the well, no, the TV show has to be pretty good, Scott? I mean, it's gone on for what eighty million seasons or so. I mean, yeah, only but it good did it on the CW. 
So you know, I mean, how uh, you know, only good shows go on past you know three or four seasons. Great shows like Two and a Half Men. Yeah. You, Ashton Kutcher. You, no. Hey, I go cry in my corner now. How many seasons is Jersey Shore on now? Oh, they got canceled. It got canceled. Yes, it did. Yes. The governor of uh, New Jersey pulled their tax break for the filmmakers <laughs> and heard to shoot anymore. <laughs> and the governor of New Jersey was like, this is terrible for our, the image of our state. No. That's just that, but you know what, Scott? I'm going to be sad because now we're not going to get any more Beavis and Butthead jokes related to it. Yeah, but Beavis and Butthead is back, and that's pretty neat. I really did like their take on the Jersey Shore. It may have consisted of a bunch of fart jokes, but I don't think I cared. I was still at a higher intellectual level than Jersey Shore. Oh, boy. Becky. Yes, well, I'm I'm having lots of fun with RPGs right now. I am currently working through um, Xenoblade Chronicles, um, Zelda Skyward Sword, and Two Worlds 2 at the same time. Wait, Xenoblade Chronicles, isn't that the game that's finally coming out to the U.S.? Yes, which I imported some months ago. But it is a very long game if you're a completionist like me and like to do all the side quests. Um, I'm over 100 hours so far, I think, and I might be nearing the end, but I'm not sure. Did you hack your Wii for that? Um, it can hardly even be called hacking anymore, actually. Just add a new channel to it. It doesn't even change the firmware anymore. You hacked it? Ooh, I'm going to tell on you. Wait till Mario finds out. I've tweeted Nintendo about having imported the game, so if they want to come after me, they're free to do so. It's their own fault. I saw a lot of people, I was reading uh, an article hit my Twitter feed about about that uh and uh, I saw a lot of people posting, you know, comments after the article. All right, now all of you have complained. You better put up or shut up. You got to buy this game. You got to show Nintendo. We, you know, we were backing up what we were complaining about. Yeah, except half those people bought it in from Europe. Yep. So it's going to be interesting to see what exactly goes down. Mm-mm-mm. Mr. Minky. Well, let's see here. I just reviewed something which directly relates to what we talked about tonight, Tactics the Original, so I won't tell you what I said there. You can just go read it. I watched the Rift Tracks version of Titanic, the first time I'd seen the movie in 14 years, and boy, I remembered a whole lot. Like, did we really need all that foreshadowing dialogue at the beginning? This is the (laughs) biggest ship in the world. Nothing can ever take it down. How many dozens of lines like that do you really need in a movie about the Titanic? A lot. <laughs> just, just, just. So that when it goes it shadowing, call it hubris. No, no, we need it so that when it finally goes down, it's that much more ironic. It's all about the irony. And uh, two nights ago, a friend of mine decided that we should see something that he was personally skeptical could even exist, and I agreed. We went to see Jack and Jill, and it was my, this, admittedly, I am not the biggest Adam Sandler fan, but this is truly a thing of wonder to behold. This is like a miracle in reverse. At some point in its creation, at some point, all of the hundreds, thousands of people who are responsible for getting this thing made could have stopped it, and no one did. 
So now you get to see Al Pacino playing himself doing a Dunkachino ad at the end while he's romancing Adam Sandler in drag. Not just the Adam Sandler character that's supposed to be a woman, but the Adam Sandler character that's a man playing his sister. Because that's funny. That's the height of comedy. And you get to see numerous scenes essay their jokes, their feeble, not funny jokes, and then just keep going. You get the joke. It wasn't funny, but the scene keeps going. And most of them end with Jill bursting into tears and your sympathy strings trying to be tugged and failing miserably because she is such a horrible harridan that you do not want to see her get anything good in life. Oh, and the end, you get to see a gigantic ad in everything but name for a certain cruise line because Adam Sandler and his family go on a cruise and you get to see all the labels. You get to see scenes that look like they were taken straight from a cruise line's brochures. You know, the sad thing is your description of watching that movie kind of reminds me of the Spike TV video game awards that happened this weekend. No, 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 no. Why would you do that? I'm just saying. Now, I had a friend who had gone through extra length in order to make sure that he could watch those shows. And I told him what I thought based on previous Spike TV show clips I had seen. And he said, Phil, you're being too negative. You know, they've changed things this year. They've got real panelists of people who pick, you know, who actually review games that pick the games fairly. And da 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 da. And this is just an absolute top tier production. <laughs> so I know this isn't the I know this isn't the uh, VGA well, Spike as discussed whatever, prior, but Charlie Sheen means quality. <laughs> That's what he said, too, actually. Wow. We went to dinner t- tonight with a friend of ours who is a fairly casual gamer. Uh-huh. Um, and she she managed to watch the Spike Video Game Awards. I guess she was incredibly bored or something. And um, and, and the lesson that she came away with it was that she learned what teabagging was. So, so there you go. Teabagging. Hmm. Wow, that sounds like some deep stuff. So I'm getting... Yeah, well, it was demonstrated graphically on stage, apparently. I'm getting the feeling that you two don't approve of the Spike Awards. Well, I, right. I didn't even watch them. I, I just watched people tweet about them, and it was bad enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All righty. Do you want me to get off on my rant about Deadliest Warrior? <sighs> Honey, no. No. No, please. I have to deal with it on a weekly basis. No. All right, well, then I will move on to myself, which I haven't changed that much since our last recording just a week ago. Um, I am looking forward to spending some quality time playing something uh, on the few days that I have off during this Christmas break. I'm just not sure what just yet, just, well, blah. I'll ask you guys after the show. Yeah, I'll ask you guys a couple of questions after the show and see what you say. And in the meantime, I've just, uh, in the few minutes I've had here and there, been playing that new Mario Kart 7. That's been pretty fun. A fan of Mario Communist Kart. Communist cart. Communist cart. It's not communist cart. It's not as bad as the Wii one, which we were suff- suffering on Sunday. It does still have a little bit of communism, where the guy in the back is going to get power, Aww. better power-ups than the guy in the front. Never mind. <laughs> but it's not as bad. I maybe it's not as bad as the other ones. I, I I just got through the fifty, you know, fifty cup stuff. So fifty cc or whatever it's called, but. Uh, the hundred one, you get hit, you get nailed a bit more often with weapons, and it does get kind of ticky when you know you've held your lead for a while. And I got hit at one point, literally with three, two blue bombs and a red shale, which in succession, which held me up for a good ten, fifteen seconds. That was not so awesome. 
but you know you take that with a grain of salt because I, I like every other aspect of the game's stupid AI. Apparently, this one has now the ability to race with other people online, so the whole multiplayer aspect of it is somewhat appealing because um, they won't probably rubber band and cheat as much as the computer does, but they can be vicious yeah, in their own the, way. The guy in back is still going to get fed good items. Isn't he cute? Yeah, that's true. Um, so, but if you think that was one, what about Mario Party? So, okay, we won't, we won't, we won't go Ugh. there. All right, <laughs> you screwed up at everything. Have a star. <laughs> yeah, you screw up at everything. Have a, and, and get more stars to where you have the lead. That was my favorite. no, steal a star from the lead or steal two stars from the lead. That was my best part. Anyway, I digress. Uh, In conclusion. Multiplayer Mario is serious business. <laughs> it is. It sucks. Uh, anywho, uh, lots of lots of Pathfinder doing more, um, uh, doing more of Jade Regent, Carrying Crown, and Kingmaker. So I stay pretty busy running all those things. Um, but I'll have more to talk about next year because this is our last podcast of the year, isn't it, Mister Mike? Yeah. Yeah. What are we going to be talking about next year? Next year, we're going to learn that there's a holiday called Parasite, which is apparently so popular that it has its own Eve. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll give you Brian points for that one, Minky. That wasn't too difficult to figure out. And yet clever at the same time. Um, yes, we'll be talking about Parasite Eve, Parasite Eve 2, and if one of you have played it, the third birthday, because I didn't touch that with a 10-foot pole after seeing the reviews. Um, well, we're going to have someone on here who has unfortunately a lot of experience with it Aww, she's person. here right now in fact Aww. you have yes, experience you. with it you mean third birthday uh-huh oh yeah that sexist piece of trash oh Great. i'm snap. so excited to talk about it all right well well don't 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 let the cat out of the bag too early here we've got a few weeks before we talk about that one yeah oh, i get to nap game. for two weeks that game was so offensive that my newsies started to refuse to post stories on it shortly before it came Ooh. out. And, and remember how I had to go get a beer a few times during it just to yes, keep yes. me from not killing the PSP? Actually, it was the only part of the reviews that made me want to go out and buy the game just so I could see it for myself. Whoops, there goes my shirt. I just got shot. Okay, we're not going to go there. Rage-inducing. <laughs> <laughs> I better I better cut y'all off by saying RPG Backtrack is a production of RP Gamer, your source for RPG news, impressions, reviews, articles, and home to the best gaming community on the net. Write your questions and comments on our boards or email jcservant at rpgamer.com and help shape our future shows. Don't forget to follow us at twitter.com slash rpgamer. Become our biggest fans at facebook.com slash rpgamer. As always, listen to our previous podcast as well as our awesome sister show, RPG Cast at rpgamer.com. Mr. Minky, you know what to do. A monk, an archer, and a dragoon walk into a bar. They fight with a black mage, a summoner, and a thief. Nobody wins because a ninja, an animist, and a viking show up to clean their clocks. Everybody dies, and a stray chocobo eats their remains. It was fun to watch, though. That's disgusting. <laughs>